You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. hardcore podcast that matters the most i'm patrick i'm bob i'm tom and it is uh, a holiday weekend as we record this is that right it, it's it, tomorrow it is. is a holiday is that right holiday well, they're, all holiday. Um, they're all holidays to me man <laughs> you have a job now bro you got a cubicle <sighs> it's i am in a virtual cage it's absolutely true i'm just waiting for the neighborhood kids to come by and poke me with a stick i'm trapped i was here. hoping you didn't get fired already i'm debating it uh <laughs> no i around. Yeah. i i like i like the actual work it's fun but the, uh, i'm just so unaccustomed to the the social aspects of uh, of this thing and they're not major obviously i'm in a virtual office i could you know like yesterday i didn't open it at all because it was a saturday but it, it's a it's a different trip for me i like i like being solitary you know just give me money for things i do by myself i don't I like the office thing's crazy um but not not fired yet hey in a week <laughs> not fired yet uh, yeah, th- that'll be my that'll be my update week to week yeah. still have a job <laughs> and it's not like uh, like you know folks being like i might get laid off because of covid you're like i didn't fuck around and get fired from my porn job yet all right cool yeah i i didn't go magnet fishing dur- for four hours during the center of my day i don't know uh, what you assholes did but by you guys bringing that up i've seen like seven thousand articles like like not on like twitter necessarily but just like this kid found a fucking you know something from the the edmund fitzgerald wreck you know it's like what the fuck am i looking at (laughs) yo magnet fishing's big dude i found like five knives yesterday that's a good haul (laughs) i'm surprised you like it since other people do it uh, oh, oh, well, it's still a incredible minority of true weirdos. Yeah. You know, it's a, <clears throat> wait till it goes big. I'll reject it. it. And Tom, remember, there's a lot of people who go fishing and there's still fish in the ocean. So, true. you know, um, I'm excited because I think you have a high probability of finding a firearm, Pat. I think you've oh, got I a think gun coming. It's inevitable. So, I, I, if I, uh, so MacArthur Park, the other day I found like, I mean, if I was into scrap, I guess it might have even been worth my time because every time I th- every time I threw into the into the water, I came out with like a half pound of nails. What is everybody throwing nails into a a pond for? I don't. I, I am I ignorant? Is that a thing? Is a wishing well? No. When you did that, my first thought was: Is this accumulation? Like, is this people tossing one or two? Was there someone who threw a bunch? Was this a, a mass disposal? Did they look like they were all from the same batch? 
the majority, the majority, like okay. they they could have passed for the same construction site for sure. Honestly, maybe okay. it's from maybe it's from the building of the actual pond itself. I, I don't. Uh, oh, whoa, origin origin nails. Now, <laughs> were there any screws? Uh, no, no screws. Okay. Okay, uh, then I mean, I think we are, we're talking about original, like similar grouping that you got them from. That means something. Yeah, I, I, it's probably, I, I, tomorrow I'm going to do a uh, particularly, uh, I, so there's parts of the L.A. River, uh, Bob knows this. Oh, uh, that's but, what I was, that was my next question was, are you going to hit the L.A. River? Yeah, so this is not known to everybody. You got to kind of spend some time in Los. Okay. So for people that don't know, the LA river is a total misnomer. It's, it's not a river. It's man-made. It's more like a shit canal. And yeah. it's just meant to, uh, like a, the world's largest drain off ditch that runs yeah, through the city. Yeah. You've seen it in music videos and it's called the LA river and it's concrete. When, yeah, when Arnold, precisely. when Arnold Schwarzenegger is chasing the T 1000 and they're in the giant cement thing, that's the LA river. Yes, exactly. Right. It, it's, so it's just a, it's a basin. You know what I mean? They just call it the LA River because it's more pleasant. Um, but uh, there's sections of it. It's dry most of the year, uh, but there's sections of it that stay wet. I don't know how yep. that works, but uh, it, it, they're like little. They've become li- uh, uh, sort of wildlife preserves, mini wildlife mm-hmm. preserves, and you can see heron there and stuff like that. It's it's. It's disgusting, but also kind of interesting and at times very pretty. And mm-hmm. I'm, go- I'm going to a deeper section of it uh, tomorrow, uh, uh, w- so wish me luck. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited. I uh, look forward to the haul, uh, and I hope you get some more people into it. Uh, if, if anyone else out there is into magnet fishing, we're slowly transitioning. Um, <laughs> you know, it's going to be like a, for a while, we're going to do 60-40 hardcore magnet fishing, and then, you know, we'll just see where things end up. So... Uh, funny you should say that a dude hit me and said hey i heard you talking about this and i looked into it i've been vegan for about 10 years and the whole time i've been missing fishing and i hope that this scratches that itch for me and i thought that that was a very interesting i've never been i've never been fishing so i couldn't say but it is this is literally the same function of standing on the side of a body of water and looking like a redneck so i I think i think it's there I, the only thing I can hope for is that, and I haven't seen it, but there's probably somebody out there who has kind of more of a caster system other than just throwing it, you know? Because that's the way I've always seen it is you just take the magnet and you throw it. Yes. Um, but if there was some way to get the casting down, I think you could, I think that's a market, you know? Very possible. It's uh, certainly the people that are into it are really on some like, they're they're dedicated, so I'm I'm sure that there's people that have thought of uh, every which way to make this uh, more complicated or more like fishing or somehow more redneck. If there's one thing, if there's one guiding light that's getting me through uh, the global crisis right now, it's that Tom, when this is all over and Patrick is back in New York, that the three of us are going to throw on some waders, some some fishing caps, and go hit you know, one of the, one of the channels, one of the canals or, or bays in on the East river and go, let's go hit the Gowanus. All three of us go on a little magnet fishing trip. You know, that actually has STDs in it. So I'm not going anywhere near it. <laughs> yeah. We might need, we might, um, we might we'll just keep that like or something. We'll keep the hazmat suits. <laughs> uh, That's, listen, coming back one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we can go to the Lake of the Ozarks after everybody dies. Oh, you saw that. Did you see yeah. the, the footage from uh, ocean city, Maryland? 
No, I'm sure it's about uh, looked like Fourth of July at Seaside. Cool. <laughs> cool. So this is uh, going to end. That's cool. That's. So uh, regarding me coming back, uh, I've been trying to rent this place for the person who owns it. And I hit him yesterday and I said, have you really gotten, because I'm using his email and his phone number and I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just listing everything for him. And I'm saying, have you really gotten no, because he hasn't, he's only had me show the place once. And I said, have you really had no other hits or is nobody like a promising prospect? He goes, not a single hit. And I said, uh, he goes, uh, weirdly, I don't think anybody's looking to rent a less right than one, a less than one thousand square foot spot for thirty five hundred a month during the middle of a pandemic. Right, <laughs> so, nobody's got a job, and they're gonna. Mm. So uh, I might be safely here for a little bit while, a little longer, but we'll see. I'm going to relist it today and and see if we don't get some hits. Good luck. <laughs> um, all right, you know uh, today. In, in honor of the magnet fishing tradition that we're hoping to start here, uh, we're going to be doing a nail bag episode. So, uh, so we'll get into the nail bag after we hit our sponsors. I'm going to start with our homies at To Live a Lie. You're going to go to toliveali.com, click on their web store, browse because they have a lot of stuff, a lot. Um, one thing that I saw that was very interesting is, and applies to uh, one third of the podcast, the Go Vegan Tofu Monster Silver Sticker. Very cool. Mm. Uh, looks, It's a big boy, four and a quarter by five and a half inch. Get one of those. But more importantly, let's talk about the music. Um, the band Gel from New Jersey put out a year one cassette that compiles all their stuff to point to, to date so far. Um, this band's awesome. Kind of rips like SSD has some <clears throat> Boston stuff, but but not not in some cosplay way. They've got a lot of energy, uh, ripping hardcore. Certainly one of the best bands from New Jersey right now and f- in recent memory. So uh, go get that at toliveali.com. And uh, I believe they have a new EP coming on To Live a Lie and Blind Rage sometime later this year. So get the year one cassette uh, as soon as you can because I, I think that's really good material. And for people who like that kind of stuff, this is right at the top um, in my in my opinion. And it's this is one of the younger bands who I am ex- younger, newer, whatever, that I'm excited to see what they're going to end up doing after this. Now, Bob. Yep. This is one of those topics that, like, it's almost like a bingo card for our listeners. Mm. What part of New Jersey? So it is. Oh, <laughs> no, I, it's um, it's it's between Atlantic City and Jersey City. Yeah. So let's play this central, and then I believe a few members are from the shore. So. Um, in New Jersey, let's play geography because I have noticed from emailers some of you also rock how we rock with this shit. Uh, South Jersey is everything. Basically, do a little line along the Delaware River that stops at or around Trenton. Trenton is a uh, split ground. It's split. It's half Philly, half New York. And they even might lean a little Philly, but it's half Philly, half New York. From there you cut across on 195 that goes straight across the state, cuts through Jackson where Six Flags is. Everything south of there, except when you hit the coast, that's South Jersey. Mm. That might as well be, that might as well be 
pencilware or Delavania because it's much more like in that mid-Atlantic Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland kind of vibe. Um, and that includes Atlantic County, Atlantic City. But you stop because then you have Ocean County and Monmouth County, which are the shore, but they're not down the shore. Atlantic City, Atlantic County, some parts of Ocean County, which are like Long Beach Island, those can be down the shore. That's what people from Pennsylvania say when they're going to the shore. Um, then you have Ocean and Monmouth County. They're just the shore. You might group them in with Central Jersey, Central Jersey being the Route 1 corridor that goes through from Trenton out, probably stops north a little bit in the, uh, like, um, what's that town? Um, whatever, it stops midway. And then you have North Jersey, which is Nork, uh, Patterson, Bergen, Essex, all that stuff, Morris County, all the way up. And that's a different place. Ramapo, that's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's way up. up. Yes. So that's, that's, and that's, you know, all the New York city adjacent stuff. And, um, if you're in Morris County, you're probably looking at a 75, maybe 80, maybe even 90% like New York adjacent fan base and mentality. Like if you say I'm going into the city, everyone there thinks you're going into New York. Uh, if you go down to Cherry Hill and say, Hey, I'm going into the city. They think you're talking about Philadelphia. So, um, does that help? Do we want to talk more about New Jersey or I think that covers me for now. <laughs> okay. So they're from like Hazlitt and the shore, correct? Yeah. And Hazlitt's arguably the shore, but also I know one member's from like Sayerville, uh, another Slayerville, member. What's up? Yeah. What's up? Sayerville, um, Sayerville war Memorial high school. Shout outs. Um, then some other there's a, yeah, like it's a mix. So it's central Jersey and the shore mm. gel year one cassette. Go to, I love the fact they have enough material to have a year one cassette. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah you know, I like it. It's it, how many songs? I think it's dope. How many, I mean, how many bands, do you know, do it. Uh, yeah, maybe, but you know what I mean? They put out stuff uh, like enough stuff to kind of be like, here's what we did in the first year as a band. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And especially for a band of this size, like some bands who play a faster style and it's kind of gone out of vogue, which I'm good with some bands who play faster end up putting out a lot of stuff and it's almost overwhelming, but I've seen that kind of take a backseat. And so bands who are doing fast stuff like this tape is probably not that long, but it got all their material and it feels right. It's like, Oh, this is a perfect amount to digest. Um, Tom, when you go to, to live a lie and you, put some stuff in your web store e-cart virtual commerce you're going to enter the promo code axe to grind patrick what do you have to do spell it out for new Get jersey your, spell it out for new jersey we will we'll say that's the same spelling as always but who knows uh get your discount patrick do some some shameless crass commercial crass commercialism and self-promotion Okay, so uh, let's give Apparently a big shout out. About stuff and uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> let's let's give a big shout out to Run for Cover Records uh, for uh, releasing the uh, long dormant uh, self defense family seven inch uh, Australia, which what was uh, dormant? it was dormant because Death Wish paid for it years ago, but then we did our next LP on Run for Cover and. It makes no sense for Deathwish to put it out. Deathwish is in the they put stuff out sure for bands that 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 aren't there. Not, yeah. Yeah, that they're not developing necessarily, but it doesn't it's almost like if I push them to put that out, it's almost rude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cuz like there's there's 
I don't want to say there's no benefit. They could move some shirts or whatever it is, but like, they're not like developing an act. So it's like, I don't know. It, 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 and, but this was from a different recording session than. Yes. Oh, this, this one this is from the Island ones that you were doing. This is the That's final right. of the, this is the final of the Island series. Is that correct? I mean, who knows if we go to another Island, we'll probably record there. I've been meaning to do Ireland. Uh, but the, the uh, this is uh, one that has been sitting around and we thought was probably never going to be released. Uh, but uh, run for cover. We got, okay. Here's the behind this the scenes. Completed at the t- before this wasn't you going into Ian's place and writing it now. Oh no, this was, this was completed years ago, maybe five yeah. years ago. Um, and uh, no, not five, four, whatever. Any point, point is uh, we, uh, uh, we, we had this record that's good, uh, could have bought it from death wish ourselves. Uh, but I'm, you know, my, my thing is always to be looking at the next thing, not something I recorded a while ago, but we were doing these, these fun kind of like, let's clear out our hard drive. Cause we were supposed to be, uh, writing and recording during this, but COVID fucked us up. So let, let, let's put something out and have a good time. And, uh, the response to the first couple was so good that uh, Run for Cover said, hey, you think it would be all right if we bought the record from, uh, the Australia record from Death Wish? Uh, People seem to want it. And I said, if they'll sell it to you, yeah. I mean, yeah. So people knew it existed. Yeah, people knew it existed. Oh, so Tom, this record, yeah, this record sort of got almost a mythic love for it because I don't know how it got floated a little bit. Not, Not out there, you know, but floated just a little bit. And being kind of in the next in the island series, um, and it's quite good. It's it's among some of the best self defense material, I think. Yeah, it's it's really strong, and this is going to sound like a joke, Tom. Russian hackers. So <laughs> it, wow. it had been it had been floating around like Russia share sites, despite the fact that nobody had ever shared it with anybody. Um, which is highly suspicious because it probably means that somebody's in my computer right now. Anyway, um, so uh, Run for Cover buys it from Death Wish uh, and uh, wanted to do a physical uh, after we had been doing these uh, digital-only releases for a few weeks. This was going to be the culmination. Now, we have maybe another month's worth of unreleased material, but uh, you can't, you, you, people start to zone out on you after a month. So we decided to uh, kind of culminate this series with a physical release. And that's this Australia record, which Bob's not wrong. If you're a self-defense fan, th- this is among our best work. I think that's agreed on by our fans. It, now with that top, can I re-record this? Uh, well, so we had okay, we oh no we don't do that shit uh, the the we had recorded one of the songs by accident because it was in our live set that we that that the live record is on, that is doing so uh, it there's it existed in a sense but not really and that was meant more or less to be like a tease uh, for something that people would never hear but weirdly the B side is probably the stronger song so it, and we weren't playing that one so it would have been crazy. Uh, to have this lost kind of gem in my view, but whatever. I like doing that too. Anyway, point is, uh, it's finally out, uh, sold, sold surprisingly well in the first 48 hours, moved through the one color, uh, super quick. 
And now uh, we do the thing that self-defense typically does, which is blast through a color and a half. And then it takes a year to move the rest. So if you only had something, some place that you could like promote stuff <laughs> that like thousands and thousands of people listen to every week, if you only had something like that. And man. Tom, think about if you could do it in this like kind of cool way where you're not like begging about it or making it like just like shitty, but you could like explain why it's cool and maybe should, people should use this as a way to check out the band. Right, and then you're also like kind of like fulfilling our duties to the people that have helped us out over the years. Yeah, what a concept, yeah. man! So, to our listeners, uh, the fellas are always amazed that I don't capitalize on what is a pretty big platform uh, to try to uh, big up my my music stuff, and they they are correct. <laughs> <laughs> they are correct. It just I I don't want to say I'm not that sort of guy. I just want to say that it does not come naturally uh, for me. So I mean, these things are like surprises. Like if I would be happy to bring them up if I knew they existed. We record one night and then the next day Jeff is like sending an email that new on Bandcamp and it's another self-defense thing. I would love to be able to be like, so Pat, what do you got coming out this week? Yeah, it's uh, it, it, make it easy for you. And I'm sure Run for Cover would love that too. But I'm just I, it, I bet it's you just, they would. It totally slips my mind to, to self-promote. It, it's, it's bizarre. I should be doing it for my comic work, too. We got a lot of listeners who stumble over my comic work, and I think that that's fascinating in itself. But, yeah, if I was a smart man, I would be, I'd be promoting things that I do. But it, it, for whatever reason, you know. Uh, so, anyway, I will promote this. This is yes. a very this is a very good seven inch, and it also uh, there's a number of shirts available because we released a shirt with every digital release that we did for the last month. And oh, the shirt this is this is top uh, top ten self defense shirt already. Yeah, there's some, there, there's some great shorts shirts, and the shirt for uh, Australia itself is coming from James, whose last name is Tough. Uh, it, it, he's in the band. That's a hard name. Uh, <laughs> I want to say uh, he's the drummer for Total Control, the band from Australia. And uh, I don't know if I discussed this, but the Australian flag is really contentious, like re- like just a mess uh, as far as uh, what it represents at the moment and their yep. their rela- their relationship to to old nationalism, old imperialism, current nationalism, uh, and and uh, so. During, I'd like to give a shout out to the people who helped us with that process because I straight up just threw my hands in the air and went to people uh, of the culture and said, hey, uh, could you tell me what the fuck to do? And uh, it was advised to me by uh, an indigenous person from Australia to, to hey, don't feel uncomfortable. Use the, use the Aboriginal flag uh, of Australia. Uh, don't feel weird about it. Uh, don't use the colonial flag uh, unless you really want to. Uh, and uh, it, it, so, okay. So, sorry, a little background. Um, there's an Aboriginal, Australia has like six flags and they fight over which one to use. Obviously, there's the one that's used uh, globally that we've all seen. But then there's a bunch of others that have been proposed because Australia's relationship with their Aboriginal population is as sorted as ours is over here, but we don't really address, unless you're in the Southwest United States, you might not ever think about 
the American Indian. Like it, it might not ever come up, right? But in Australia, it is a thing that is being discussed often. And uh, it is a really, like I said, it's a contentious issue. And so uh, this was the Australia, or pardon me, the Aboriginal flag of Australia went on the album cover. However, we did not feel comfortable putting it on the shirt. Something about that seemed a little too commercialism, a little too crass, et cetera. So uh, I got James, who was kind enough to, to uh, draw something up, a proposed Australian flag, which is an alligator fighting a, 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 a kangaroo. And uh, that, shirt has, <laughs> uh, that shirt has sold well. Uh, shout out to him. And also... Um, he, so for anybody that doesn't know his art, he's the fellow who doesn't know his band or his art. Uh, his art is kind of well-recognized. He, he gets his, he gets his propers, but, uh, a lot of our listeners might know him. He's the guy who did the art for, uh, failed entertainment, the, the fury. Right, fury yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. so, uh, nice dude that was also helpful with the, uh, uh, Australia flagship that I really did not understand. Um, and uh, it, it, that shirt has done well, uh, and the other shirts have done well too. There's one that looks like a beat down shirt. There's there's one that's like I, I just went on a on a art buying spree, and w- was able to use that art in a way that was really fun and fulfilling for me. And a lot of people bought it. Here's the pitch: Go buy the seven inch. You're gonna feel silly buying just a seven inch. So why not throw in a shirt while you're there? Why not do what a lot of our uh, a lot of self defense uh, fans do and buy uh, six other self defense records and make it all seem worthwhile to run for cover? Because I want to ask them for money to do an EP in the next couple of weeks and I need some support here. So go buy and and uh, let's make some magic happen. Go to runforcover.com. Enter the promo code Tom. Axe to grind. And Tom, what are you gonna do? You're going to spell it out. Get that 15% off. Big shout out to our other two sponsors, Closed Casket Activities, Death with Shank, Y'all Rock. Support all these guys now more than ever. On to the show. Nail bag. Let's get right into the question, guys. Brian sent, Brian sent us an email titled, first let's start with the title, pre-question, Pat likes under oath. True or false? Big false. Uh, of... Uh, you know that I have no shame liking. I like metalcore, and I like some Christian metalcore quite a bit. Under Oath doesn't. I think Under Oath kind of pretty much sucks, and I think it's weird when people. I think that that had to. That's under that one record is is looking back for for kids of that. Like you just had to get into it at the time, otherwise there's you. I I don't understand what the appeal is. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, fellow grinders. Got a few questions. Some are related and some are not. And this is from, uh, this is an older question. So thoughts on the two new higher power singles. I get some glass jaw quicksand vibes from it. Really enjoying it so far. We haven't talked a whole lot about that new higher power record, but we did when it came out. I think that's a record that deserves more attention. Let's go in on it. Tom, what do you think of that newest higher power record? I quite like it. Um, I actually have... Pat's um, higher power collection here waiting for him to ever return from war um, nice. that Ricky has sent over Bob. I gave you Bob. I think I gave him. Yeah, I got mine. Thank you. Thank you to yeah. Ricky and the dudes from higher power for that. That was really cool. That was dope. Yeah. Um, and so I have a shirt and a uh, 12 inch waiting for you um, and a record. No I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, it was a joke. It was a dirty joke. It sorry. was a good one. I got you. Thank I you. liked it. I enjoyed Quick. it. 
It was gross. I apologize. Um, I think the record's really, really good. I think the pandemic really hit, hurt them. Yeah. I, I, I feel I like they think. should be out and about. They'd be touring right now, and they'd probably be on a bigger tour. This is all, I don't know, for right. a fact. But like That record's good, and I feel like it has a lot of crossover appeal. Um. Uh, so yes. hopefully, once this all fucking straightens itself out, they'll be able to come back to the states. Like they did, like a like a smaller tour. I think it was like Queensway, and I'm blanking. I'm really sorry. It was a couple months ago, no. or it could have been six years ago. For at this point, I have no idea. Um, but like they one of their last shows, they sold out the show in Brooklyn. Singer like blew out his knee. It was a whole thing. Um, but I think that record's quite good, and I think it came out in a weird time that I hope people will revisit it like when life gets back to normal and not 10 years from now when everybody is trying to do their sound. Agree. Now the the two bands that in my view, and I don't know this, I would have to, I would have to look at streams. And so I, 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 this is me speaking off the cuff. It seems to me that the two bands that got fucked the hardest by this and anybody in the sound of my voice don't you fucking wrinkle your nose at me telling me, what about grandma who died? Yes, obviously grandma got more fucked by this. I'm talking about the two bands that got fucked by this is Code Orange and Higher Power. Uh, these, yeah. are two, these are two acts that re- released records that should have been big for them. Might, might be big on streaming, I don't know. But it, it, the, the inability to tour for two really hard touring acts, dedicated touring acts that have helped sell their sound to people that would otherwise never be exposed to it by doing the thing that you're supposed to do by touring, uh, to get fucked in this way breaks my heart. Uh, and, uh, I agree with Tom that I, I really hope that this record and this band, uh, doesn't, when things go back online, my hope is that people, obviously they will be, their fans will be excited to see them, but I hope that there's still an energy around the album. Right, and this is almost like a brand new record to them. Yeah, great. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think you know a lot of that sound is coming back. I mean, like Orange Nine Millimeters reuniting and writing songs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like in reality, in in a perfect world, and in in how you know, it probably in the real world, Orange Nine Millimeters should be opening for higher power. Yeah, Tom. I mean, quite honestly. Tom, I mean, do you, do I don't. I think that would do a service to both bands, to be honest. And I fuck with I fuck with Orange Nine too. So like, but it, it, question for both of you: Yes, w- what record do you fuck with Orange Nine through? The um, there's a couple of songs on the second LP that I like. Second LP is tragic. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Seven Inch is awesome. The driver not included L- is that the record? I think that's the first LP with the the. Mike Hellman on the cover? Yeah. Um, I think it's great. There's like a few songs. They were definitely going for something on that second, ma- like the second LP, which might be their first major. I don't remember. Um, it is. Yeah, in Atlantic. And they were like going for something and it didn't all land, but there's some good songs in there. And then after that, I, I mean, if they've released records after that, they're, they're news to me. Same. It, Bob, what it about looks you? like they did. Uh, no, um, the first EP, I, f- I don't even know if I'd say I fuck with it. I've checked it out a good amount because I, I'm such a Burn fan, and it's it's cool. It's cool, but uh, to say I'm 
I've even heard the second LP. I don't think I have. I think I've heard the first LP. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a visit on that. Oh, Bob, I, I'd love your thoughts on the second LP. Imagine if, uh, uh, like, uh, fuck, I don't know, Tom. What would you say? Is is that uh, into another meets Deftones? Yes, and and but Homeboy can't sing like either of them. Yeah. Fact. Oh, right. Sure. Sure. Okay. Or there's a song that he spells out kissing. Mm. Okay. <laughs> like K I S S I N G. This is yeah, something. There's, 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 not everything's a hit. But but no, you but you there's a couple thing. couple tracks. There yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. We should do drivers not included as a fucking as a listening party. Club. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. Record club. Record club. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do that some point later. But yeah, I, I will check it out before then. Um, yeah, the new higher power record deserves attention. Please, everybody who hasn't heard it, give it a try. Um, new York pizza or California Mexican food? Uh, okay. As a vegan, give me the California Mexican. Um, I, I love a New York pizza, but how many spots actually do it and do it vegan, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, here's my question, though. I feel like I kind of got... I don't know if I've had real California Mexican food. Mm. Okay. Like I've had like in and out, but that doesn't count. Not in and out, uh, Del Taco and stuff like that. Yeah, no, we should uh if I we're all out there food. if we're all out there at the same time, we'll make sure you get some real stuff. Um Yeah. It's it, my my interpretation of California Mexican food as compared to a lot of others, like um it's fresher. It's uh, like compared to Texas Mexican food or Tex-Mex or even other Southwest areas that do Mexican food. That's good. It's good. But California, it feels like it's a lot less focused on the fried side of things and a lot yeah. more focused on like fresh ingredients and kind of like, like, uh, and there's a few spots. I mean, what's the spot? Guisados, Guisados. Um, and you know, that that's just so good. God. Um, I love pizza. Like I, I love pizza. Um, but I can we get Pete Elvis to make a vegan one for Pat? Do you think? I bet so. Um, I actually was in uh, New Haven not long ago and went to Sally's a pizza, and they they uh, they made a red pie that was good, heavy on the garlic. I think I think PK could have fucked with it. Um, yeah, Pat. You, well, when you come back, we'll go to Pete and Elvis down the shore. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we could get it. Yeah. So you, you have to get. You wear a shirt. You get a shirt if you eat a whole pie. Size XL, eighteen color shirt. Uh, it's it's the pizza is cracker thin, but you can do it. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, one seventy. Patty G over here. Patty Gaines is going to be fine with that. Um, oh, guys, I'm climbing up that fucking weight ladder. I'm almost there. I'm getting fucking. I, I can see it. Uh, let me, uh, let me ask a question because mm-hmm. we're talking about, sh- we, we mentioned the, sh- the free shirt that I'm going to get for eating all this pizza. Mm-hmm. It's an XL. Um, You'll be able to like, it'll look good on your frame at that point. Well, here's the question. When you guys lift your arm, does uh-huh. your, sh- can you see any skin on your torso? What do you mean? Like if you lift, if you wear, I, 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 buy, I, I buy tall shirts. You buy tall shirts. Okay. Oh, so, oh, I don't oh. want to show my gut. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay, because I, I fit comfortably into a medium, but I just raised my arm because uh, I stood up and I realized, yeah. oh, you can see, like, I'm like moshing in, in the year 2003. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what no, is going, gotta, what's going on here? That's the size up time. Um, I is could it? do, 
Yeah, I could do a large except for that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and that's in you know, and then it is easy. Then then ten extra pounds here or there makes it much easier. Um, but yeah, and also it's shirt brand. You gotta you gotta get into the comfort colors, dude. Nice length on. Started, oh man, they're really nice. Oh boy, I just bought a cranberry bootleg mm-hmm. um, from my dude from Wrist uh, Razor. Ah, oh, and it's on comfort color. I'm like, you got my money. I don't care how much it is. That's awesome. Very. I'm good. into it. Hit us. Hit the hit the chat with the link, please. Yeah, of course. Um, all right, so so PK, you said California Mexican food. Tom, where did you go? You said you haven't had California Mexican food. Yeah, I, I would be posing you're, if you're, I said that. Okay, um, I'm going to say right now California Mexican food, but that's like both are so good. Though? Oh, well, yeah, because when I was in California, I, I, like, I would say I spent a not insignificant amount of time looking for good pizza, which I found, but it was very tough. And it was like, oh, there's a good pizza place in Beverly Hills. Well, guess I'm driving an hour and change in traffic from Orange County to Beverly Hills uh, to get pizza tonight. You know, there was so, a dope pizza place in San Diego called the Bronx Pizza. I think. Bronx oh yeah, pizza. yep, yep. I've been there. Really we good. Go to with like Rob Moran and stuff after shows. Oh man, I think there was that yeah, one, and maybe there was another one in San Diego, like on the north side called Hoboken pizza. That was fucking good too. So shout out. Hoboken. Um, I know weird, uh, weird, but I was like, it was good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you can't lose with either of those. Number three, how did you balance hardcore and college? I'm curious about this for both of you. I think Tom's is going to be more of a success story than mine. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, it not well, uh, at that time it was either end of a year or maybe, yeah, probably end of a year, not self-defense. Um, that, uh, yes, dude. was touring a, a fair <laughs> amount for a band that wasn't well loved. And, uh, we, I was constantly in class booking tours or, or thinking about the next thing that had to happen or whatever it was. And, uh, that was a disservice to my education. My, I, my Bible as literature class, which requires paying attention, uh, did not, it, it, it didn't benefit (laughs) from, uh, being, uh, full swing touring, sort of thinking about band shit all the time guy. Um, for me, uh, I was in school from 2004 to 2008 in that time, I booked Sound and Fury, worked at and ran Revelation Records, did my own label, Collapse Records, helped start 6131 Records, and also booked shows on the regular, which is to say I got good grades and don't remember a thing uh, because I was always working on other stuff besides school. That said, I do think that being in school and the effort and the kind of exercise of it enabled me to do a lot of things at once so uh, i miss it hmm. tom hardcore college balance? yeah is this just college or all of it all of it because i think there's I, I, two waves for you so give us give us yeah, the undergrad and hit us oh yeah there you go hit us with it all so college i just went full-time and i I had a job after I had like a job that I would work in at a law office after school full time, like, you know, mostly full time. Um, and then we would tour on the weekends. I mean, we play every weekend and tour during like the entire summer. 
for like all those years. Um, grad school, I wasn't in a band. So for those two years, I was not in a band. So it was pretty easy. Um, and then MPB was no, uh, was I in a band? Was I in school? No, I wasn't in a school. I wasn't in school, um, during MPB. And then after that, I went to law school, but like, but I mean, it didn't stop me from like going to shows, which I mean, I mean, my, I mean, I did like, I, I only know this because I just applied for a job and I had to put my GPAs. So this is the only reason why I know this, um, like college, I did really, really well. Grad school, I did like pretty all right, like three point six. Yeah, and then like law school, I got like a three because mm-hmm. law school sucked. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like literally, my school, my law school, was right across the street from the knitting factory. Oh, yeah. okay. So I would get out of school and like, I went to go see like, I think it was like Rate Supreme and Half Heart and like Down to Nothing or like Hope Conspiracy played there or this band played there. Like I was in constitutional law with my buddy Rich and we booked. Um, this, uh, we booked probable cause blacklisted in decision killing time at the knitting factory. Right. Like literally during school. <laughs> yep. And I'd be like, yeah, you think killing time will do it? And he's like, yeah, I'll definitely do it. I'm like, all right, so we're into, and like we booked like a show that ended up having like fucking 700 people sitting, like not paying attention in, in a class. Yeah. In constitutional law, which sucked anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I think our collective answer is, um, Hardcore and school don't totally mix. If you are, if you're just kind of, if you're in a more, we'll just say uh, less active moment, you can totally do it. Going to shows, whatever, that's that's cool. But if you end up doing stuff, you're going to distract the hell out of yourself, and that I mean, may, I, or may or may not take away from the experience. I mean, I think because people always go back to like Dan Yeeman. Mm. Yeah, core and stuff, and like writing his like thesis and shit, like while on tour with Lifetime and Kid Dynamite. So you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like it's it's rare, but it's doable. You just got to really fucking yeah. You gotta you gotta buckle in. Yeah, it's a ride. Okay, uh, best Christmas gift to give the to people when you're tight on cash. Uh Um, I'm a fan of. making something sweet. Uh, it doesn't have to be much, uh, it, but people, you know, people are suckers for that. If, if you make them something, they feel like, Oh, this was very specific to me. I, I appreciate this gesture because no matter what you get people, it's all worthless trash. It's not like anybody's carrying Like it's, it's not like a m- mythic, like role-playing game talisman that they're going to carry with them the whole time. Everything that we get each other is, garbage it's just the sentiment so you know you get you get them you make them something like even as simple as a bowl like here i made you a a a bowl that you can eat out of i even used glaze so you can eat out of it you won't die and i thought of you when i did it and then pow you're done (laughs) pow you're done um tom um i usually go anything music involved like there was one year for for uh christmas i was pretty fucking fucked because law school loans are not cheap um, and I wasn't getting paid very much at my job. Like my sister had gotten a new car and like, it had like a, like a thumb drive thing. Oh, nice. So I literally bought like a, whatever, fucking 32 gig thumb drive and filled it with music. So she could, didn't have to carry CDs with her. Good call. That's really cool. And it was, you know, it was 20 bucks or something. You know what I mean? But like I made it up for it in the meantime, but like at the time it was like, and she still has it. You know what I mean? It's great. Um, I would say, 
uh, and it's this is sliding scale because uh, if you're light, <laughs> if you're tight, or if you have it, it's a good thing. Uh, I go experience based as much as I can at this point. Um, whether that's you know uh, some tourist shit around your area, or something cool, or an experience that you did that you really liked, um, do that because it's it's more you're you're paying for something that's like a something they can go do. Which, because as Pat said, you're kind of just giving people crap. Um, so do experience shit. That's even even if it's a, a outside their safety zone, you know. And try to think of the person. If they don't like sports, don't get them Yankees tickets. Right, or like fucking like jumping from an airplane. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. You yeah. Ever, have you ever like done stuff for like Amanda that it's kind of like, yo, I you can have these two days. Mm. Like, do you give her time? Oh, she gets that all the time, anyways. She's she, yeah, she's yeah. Lost. You're actually um, that. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> kind of like you got two days yourself. Me and the kid. We got you know what I mean? Like wherever you want, um, go to the spa, whatever, whatever people do. Yeah, no. Uh, she is. You're good at that, so yeah, it's not really. I am. Okay. No, you're. you're like no, I, I'm trying to. Th- I like though framing it. I, I have tried. I think the thing that she likes more is when we go and do it like hey let's go and what she actually really likes and if she hears this she'll come in and nod um is where i'm like hey we're gonna go i'm gonna just make plans for the whole weekend this is what we're doing we're gonna do this 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 uh you know and you get stuck in quicksand in the pine barrens not a big deal right 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 but she's like as long as you've got a plan of what we're doing and you know i'm pretty good about that for her birthday we went into the the city and went to we did a big walk through uh through central park and we stopped and got like coffee or hot chocolate at some cool place that i had found and then went to a couple museums uh and then went and her mom met us and we went and got dinner at this place i found and so all that kind of stuff she really enjoyed like where it's like oh you actually put the work in to figure all this out so so do even just that like even when you can be included it's not like i didn't get to have a good day and have good meals but you know yo listen you know how when rappers come back like de la soul put out a record and they'll be rapping about taking their kids to the to chuck e cheese and people are like bummed because it doesn't comport with their memories of like you know like i, I don't want these guys singing about like fatherhood or or, or paying their mortgage or whatever right and so i'm at risk of doing this with the podcast but before before i bring up like a very like adult mature topic. I just want to remind everybody that I am Peter Pan given form that I do not have a child that I literally hope to just constantly be floating through life. Like the, uh, uh, the grasshopper. Yeah. 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 Hey, it's just me, Rick. So, uh, Rufio. (laughs) So, uh, my sister is going on a, uh, vacation at the end of the, uh, like soon because, over this COVID thing, her family has saved twelve grand on childcare. Yeah, twelve fucking grand. That yeah. blew my mind that people are paying that in whatever daycare or whatever the hell people are doing. Everybody needs Mima. Everybody, everybody needs grandma to be taking care of their kids because this is not, that's not workable. I would just take the kid back. I'd be like, nah, we got to get rid of this kid. <laughs> Let's return that's the kid. Um, crazy. Yo, it's in, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, it's one of the major expenses. It's, 
if I gave you the numbers on what we were paying for school and then like summer camp stuff, um, last year, this year's better actually, but last year it's, it's mortgage payment level, you know? God. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And I mean, we're fortunate enough to be able to do that, but then you think about the people who maybe aren't, you know, or it's just like, Oh shit. And it means like that they have to make decisions about the level of where they do that. So to get into the full dad podcast, we'll do that at a different time. But, but right, yeah, but that 1200 bucks that we all got is enough. Right. I mean, what's that? That 1200 bucks. Everybody got was sufficient. Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Oh, we were yeah. able to do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, Brian. He had a couple others. We're going to move forward. Um, because they were holiday related, kind of. <laughs> so <laughs> happy holidays, everyone. Um, Lucas asks uh, about a, ba- a band lost to time. I was curious if you guys had anything to speak on about Last Lights. I didn't discover them until about a year after their singer Dom passed and still regularly listen to their music, but can never seem to find anyone else who knows or even cares about them. Were they ever all that popular, being from Massachusetts like a lot of other mid-2000s bands? Or is it just a one-off band that I happened to discover for myself? Thanks, Lucas. Um, um, go ahead. Sure. Um, my experience, I think Dom had passed away just as they were starting to percolate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he was super, super charismatic. He was like a great front per- person. And I think like had they... I don't know how much they toured to be quite honest. Like they weren't around for very long, but I think they were like on the verge of kind of popping um, when he had passed away. Yep. Um, a buddy of mine put out um, like a last likes last lights discography. Um, that thing is still out there. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they, they weren't popular yet, but they were really kind of on the verge of really like breaking out. And I think, um, you know the hidden like passing away like in it, so prematurely and just in such a sad way i think really kind of um you know cost them that you know caused them to not kind of really really break out and i think which is kind of odd that his story is sort of like kind of like oddly legendary and like romantic in a way yeah like how he had passed and everything that um it's it's shocking that he didn't become more of like kind of like an iconic thing, even though they were around for such a short time. I mean, like if if I may be so bold that we could erase, like delete this event, like the dude died because he gave himself an embolism at a hardcore show. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, like he with the microphone, like choking himself, and he ended up accidentally causing like a blood clot or whatever that ended up killing him. Yeah, U- ultra tragic and uh, ultra relatable, which makes it scary. Sure. So, uh, very upsetting story, obviously. Uh, I remember them being somewhat ascendant, I guess, on a local or not local, like regional level. Uh, mm. and then, and then this happened. It's, uh, there's a lot of bands that, like, I don't want to take the conversation away from this band because I think that people should check this out. Uh, it never connected for me, but I get it. And people should check it out. So I don't want to take the conversation away, but I was reflecting just today about all the bands that there was some energy around that either broke up early or whatever, like Spanish bombs, gray ghost. There there was these acts that like kind of people would talk about 
for just a few months, Spanish Bob's yep. career, they were, they were around, but like yep. pe- people, people would talk about him for just a few months and then kind of like, I mean, maybe it speaks to the, to what I'm always saying about touring or maybe it speaks to just how fickle people are or whatever it is. But there's, there's been a lot of these acts that, so, uh, but I would put, I would put that band in that category of no, people do know them, but you can't be around for a super short time. Uh, and kind of not hit that mythological status and then also be remembered. It's got to, you, if you're going to be around for that short, you need like the mythos has got to, got to build up uh, immediately afterwards in a big way if you want to be remembered, but <clears throat> certainly a thing our listeners should check out if they haven't. Yeah. I, um, I never saw them. I remember when they were, I think Tom kind of hit the nail on the head. They were percolating. They had this, uh, growing almost cult-like interest in Massachusetts that was, you know, yes, there were other bands from Massachusetts that really had done great and a not too distant sound. However, the interest in Last Lights was a slightly different thing and it felt like it was just, um, you know, like, let, let me, let's spade a spade. Guns Up was a band for a while before they really caught on and then they did well. Shipwreck came a lot quicker, but they kind of, burned brightly and then just kind of held a spot for a minute that never, never was as big as have heart or guns up or verse. Um, have heart was a band for a long time before they were probably a band for four ish years before they really exploded. That's not to say they weren't doing well before that, but they were doing okay. And then, um, the things we carry comes out and they explode. Verse had done, had actually was, ascended quicker but they had worked really hard in the band before that what feeds the fire so it kind of right. all trailed into that last lights was getting that like whoa hey something's happening here this is this is a band thing um and pat i, I actually you guys both hit these really cool very different points um there was also this moment in the that time frame mid late 2000s uh 2007 6 7 to 10 where uh, bands were doing kind of interesting stuff with melodic stuff. Very most of it pretty modern, hardcore sounding. But Lastly, certainly could find a place there where many of them seemed like they had very truncated careers and was very cut short. And you know, some did more than others. Spanish Bombs is a good example. They went and did a lot, but but never totally caught the the attention like you you if you just heard them you go you might say whoa this could be someone's favorite band but how did they not they their 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 light never burned so bright that it it was something people could pay attention to i think if last lights hadn't been cut short they would have taken everything further and uh yeah you know the mythologizing and romanticizing of it is is purely sad like my heart goes out to anyone who knew that guy i think i think it was someone who really affected people and was an important person in people's lives so um that's that's kind of how they're remembered and um that's that's super young guy yeah Yeah. and and that's super and that's more that stands well beyond their music but but we're this isn't the only email we've gotten about last lights i'm i'm not going to repeat it, but we had somebody else actually in a similar time frame email asking about them. So uh, if you haven't heard Last Lights and you like stuff, you like it's melodic on- hardcore, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, it's on uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. The uh, record's called No Past, No Present, No Future. Um, Think Fast actually put it out. So Right, right. Original. Cool. 
All right, thanks, Lucas. Uh, he he wanted to shout out a few bands from down there. Uh, Contention from Tampa. He plays drums in them. Contention xxx.bandcamp. Uh, Point of Contact. We already know that. Uh, Plead your oh, case yeah. records and a band Control System. Chaotic Metalcore from Tampa for fans of Convergent Vein. Control ControlSystem.bandcamp.com. Cool. All right. Thank you very much, Lucas. We'll check it out. Let's check can, it out. Can I, um, can, I hijack, can I hijack with a question? Yep. So, Bob, you were saying that at that time there was bands kind of uh, uh, innovating with the with the melody, right? Yep. Yep. Like, and th- this got me thinking. Uh, and maybe maybe the maybe the question I'm about to ask is flawed from the start. Maybe you'll say, Hey, here's a million examples to the contrary. But the first thing I thought was I listened to two records from 1985 this week. I listened to the margin, the marginal man release from that year. Uh, and, uh, none of the above, right. And, uh, none of the above doing a really classic style, you know, you could say like in the vein of negative approach or, or, or something like that, but, uh, some good guitar flourishes and whatever. And marginal man by that point had like fairly melodic, right? For now, sure. why is it, why is it, do you think <clears throat> that the melodic bands of, of today tend to push forward? Whereas some of the more aggressive, uh, fast, hardcore acts, are stuck in a mode like <clears throat> because I don't hear any melodic acts that sound like this marginal man record, but I do hear fast hardcore acts that sound like this. None of the above record. So it, what do you think that is? Like, is there something like it, it, what is the commitment to genre for one type of hardcore kid, even though I have a theory. What's you? What you got a theory? Hit us. I have a theory that just literally popped into my head as you were talking. Do you think? All right, so you're coming from the negative approach, none of the above lean. That is like what it is. Like, not really, not much you can vary from there. Like, if you're writing more melodic stuff, does it depend on like what your kind of where your melodic sensibilities came from? So it's kind of like. If you liked fucking, you know, you too, your melodic guitar playing in a hardcore band might sound different from someone who grew up on fucking Beach Boys or true. Yeah. Like, I wonder if like, just depending on like, where you first kind of gain the ear for melody kind of informs how you write it like for hardcore. Mm-hmm. And while it's like negative, pro, like, you know what I mean? Like they have one song that's not fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so do you think that like that that style of hardcore is is in some respects standalone and is not as uh, subject to outside influences, and that's the reason? Because that, that that you know that argument could be made for sure. Uh, it it's it is it does feel like a bit of a dead end in some respects. I don't want to say creatively. I'm sure there's people doing great stuff and whatever, whatever. But but like. It maybe a dead. I don't. I don't know. It just it, this was a question that I thought of when Bob was talking about the melody. But uh, it, that's as good a theory as any. Bob, what do you got? No, I mean I, I largely agree with that. I think starting points important. Um, I think primary reference material is important. Um, I think that melodic hardcore is largely. <clears throat> uh, 
largely pulling from uh, a tree and not a bush, if that makes sense. That that yeah, it could be pulling from the melodic hardcore in the way we talk about it now and the way you hear about it on on Axe to Grind typically. Um, that yes, it might be pulling from this branch or that branch, but many of these branches lead to the same same trunk, you know. Um, and that 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 trunk is most of the time either you get some of the revolution summer stuff, the Dagnasties of the world, you get some that are turning point ish, uh, you get some that maybe you throw in s- some melody that's leaning more towards you know even pop punk. And then as it goes, it gets more modern. Whereas I think that <clears throat> fast hardcore might be more like a bush where, yes, there's a root and there's roots, but those branch off very quickly. And it's not a tall root, but, you know, and if you want to trace it back, you can trace it all back to a couple other things. But once they get off there, you have small, you have twigs off twigs off twigs before you get off to, a, you know, the small bush branch we'll say um and i i think that the better melodic bands are the ones who pull in oddball reference points and that's why when i think about melodic hardcore now to be honest drug church isn't that far off from a melodic hardcore band it's just that the melodic reference points you guys are pulling from end up being outside the hardcore world and so then it's almost unfair to label you melodic hardcore because you stepped aside from it and that's true in a lot of these bands like in in the modern conversation we have um it's become such a it it, it's almost too finite whereas like yeah like i think every few years you catch a weird kind of punk record that that's not in the modern hardcore vibe but like I, i think of this record it's and now it's fucking old but i don't know if either of you guys remember the band calvary from chicago uh i think that guy ebro was in it but it was sort of melodic but it was not pulling from the same well of stuff it was pulling from melodic punk like and it kind of was referencing early 80s melodic punk stuff and you catch those and, and even um oh was it repercussions there was a couple other bands that are more in the melodic punk side of things and that's where you can see more oddball reference points um and I think that is always interesting to me. And I don't always think they hit, and I don't always think it lands. But when you see that, you're seeing a broader spectrum of influence. Whereas I think when you, what we're talking about, like the bands who are pulling in the same stuff or, or like, you know, pulled up and it's like, oh yeah, well, they're influenced by, they're more into Bane than they are Turning Point. Well, you know, Bane's not not exactly like Turning Point, but if you pull the melody elements, there's a lot of the same kind of stuff going on. Mm. PK, you know how I know you made it? Tell me. So the other day, um, an ex from 20 years ago now, oh they're about. Like, you know, we're, fr- we're still friendly. It's all cool, like whatever. She goes out on Long Island, like, we're talking about bullshit or whatever. And she's like, uh, so this podcast you do, do you guys ever talk about metal? And I was like, nah, not really. We're mostly, like, hardcore and punk. And she's like, I thought you hated punk. And I was like, I hate the casualties. I don't want to hate punk. Like, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> and she's like, any good stuff coming out? So now I'm trying to think. I'm like, 
fucking judiciary or, you know, I like, sure. she's like, I like metal. I go, that's kind of hard. Like that's, I don't really know what that means. So I was like, mind force is great. They're kind of metallic. So it was incendiary. I'm like knocked loose. I'm trying to like, name all these bands. It's like, she's like, you know who I really like? And I'm like, who? She's like drug church. <laughs> I go, uh... I was like, are you fucking with me? And she goes, no, why? I'm like, that's one of the hosts of the show that you were asking about. She's like, are you serious? I go, yeah. She's like, oh, I think they're great. She's like a fucking like a norm for the most part. You know, like right. went to, like, like went to FIT. Like she's like an art, artsy person, but like it's just funny that it's kind of like the drug church somehow broke through. Uh, that's, I mean, uh, the more normies, the better. You know what I mean? Give, all, I mean, she's not normie. Like she's all, she's you know, OG like alternative like person, but like sure, but doesn't necessarily keep up. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was funny that she was like drug church. I'm like, are you fucking? I'm like, you should check out his other band because she likes kind of, you know, off kilter stuff too. So I was like, you should check out self defense and blah blah blah. And she's like, I can't believe that you're that you do the podcast with that guy. I was nice. like, yeah, him and my friend Bob. Yeah. So yeah, you guys. That's how I knew you made it. That's like my mom knowing who like Haley from Paramore is. You know, that makes you know that she yeah. knows like she made it. My ex girlfriend from 1999 and 2000. Wonderful girl knows who drug church is. That's great. You know, uh, shout out, shout like out to Haley. Shout out to Haley from Paramore. We haven't shouted her out in a while. She deserves it. Came out a new record. She's killing it. Love it. She's killing it. She, her, and Fiona Apple were the soundtrack for the pandemic. There we go. What, can, let me use the Haley thing as a as an opportunity to talk about social media for a second. Be nice uh, about Haley. Uh, no, I'm going to be really nice about Haley. The record uh, is very very raw. Sure. Um, so I'm going to get her wrong. That's uh, true. Listen, listen. I saw so, somebody said something unkind about Haley Williams on Twitter. Oh God! Yeah, I did see that. That became like the cause du jour of that day. Mm-hmm. Yes, and everybody, listen. It's totally cool if you if this is a person whose music you love, or maybe you love their personality, what they've given to the world, and you just you admire them, and you or maybe you just respect her, and you don't like people saying unkind things about. There's a million reasons why I would understand if you didn't feel good about some fucking stranger just hating online, but you empower a message when you. When you have, yeah, when you have an outsized reaction to somebody with 600 followers saying, I think Haley Williams isn't as attractive as other people say. And then right. you, and her voice sucks. It's like, what the fuck? Right. Like, how much are you going to devote to that, to hating on that hate? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you, you, yeah. you, like, listen, I never would have been exposed to that person with very few followers hating on Haley Williams if I didn't get it like shoved down my throat by all the people being like, it's, it's a bit like a is over party. You know, those hashtags. So-and-so is over party. If you ever yeah. click on, if you ever click on those, it's a million people going, why are we, why are we canceling Chris Evans? I don't understand. And it's all this, like it, it's, it's this bizarre thing where you're talking about a thing that isn't a thing. You've made it a thing by people looking at it. So stop. Right. Pandemic has made people be real weird. Agreed. Like on, on Twitter, especially people are like being mad about people that pay rent, people that don't pay rent, who has a job, who doesn't have a job. <laughs> like, yo. But yeah, I thought the Haley thing was yeah. a little, um, but I mean, I think, you know, for a lot of folks, she, ha- she you know, her last couple of records have really hit home for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I think people feel like overly protective of her and like feel a certain way about her more than your standard singer in a band sure 
Sure. So I think people feel like overly protective because she's written some stuff that is really kind of hit home for people. So, you know, I mean, I get it. Is she, yeah. is the new record without getting into things that are adjacent to people that we know is the new record. Uh, is it pointed? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I, I mean, mean like some line yeah. that's like pretty brutal. I can't think of it. It's like she, you know, now you're, um, like with another, with the other woman, but I can only blame myself because I was her once or something because he, she stole him from, yeah, thing from Isley. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah. it's very cathartic. It's very sad, but, um, I don't know. People are terrible. Um, yeah. Have you listened to the new Fiona Apple record though? No, I have not. Do you, do you fuck with her at all? I saw her no. live and really enjoyed it. Yeah. She's amazing. Great artist. Amazing. But her new record's, so Pat, you, Pat, you'll like it. Okay, I'm in. Because it's fucking weird. I'm in. Yeah, like, are you a Tom Waits guy? Uh, only, only in the abstract. Where, like, if I'm someplace and somebody's playing it, I go, "Oh yeah, I forgot I like this." You know, like, there was like a point where Tom Waits went from like sad drunk crooner to like weird fucking guy. Oh like yeah, the, like the music was all weird and all. That's what it kind of reminds me. Like that sort of like, what is happening? What's happening right now? <laughs> I would please give it a shot next time you're walking like the perimeter of like Compton. Fucking listen to Fiona Apple. Hmm. Will do. It's, it, it, it's really good. It's really really good. And by the way, did you live near that building that? Or oh do yeah, you, do you right. Walk near the building that blew up. Hold on, because you I, let me set the stage. Tom hits the group chat. Uh, with a hey Pat, are you okay? Link to like someone posting that that a bu- building just blew up in downtown LA, which is where we know where Pat, Patrick to reside. Yeah. Then I don't know how long it was till you got a response. Hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know what, that's not if if you're not in that fire, that is not a cool fucking. That's true. Time to respond. Yeah. You did. Then, you did give the oh shit! I was walking or something, right? Right, right. But that doesn't mean like oh shit. That's like two blocks from me. Like it was no like. Yeah, it's the equivalent of like when on nine eleven, people are like, you know, my brother is in Buffalo. Will be will he be okay? That's yeah, like yeah, I don't. Yeah. Are like it's like downtown Los Angeles doesn't sound like that big of a place. Hmm. No, uh, so so that was closer to Little Tokyo, and uh, it, it is. Uh, I'm very familiar with it. Uh, it's maybe like a seven minute walk from where I am. Uh, so you would have heard it if you were home. I imagine. Yeah. And I definitely probably could have gone to the roof and at least seen the smoke. How uh, long would it have taken you on uh electric scooter? Uh, would it take me a minute? I don't recall if that's the day that I went to Chatsworth or if that was the day that I went to North Hollywood. Um, I went to uh, North Hollywood. I walked to North Hollywood, uh, which guys, that's a long. So, Tom, walk. this doesn't mean oh anything. This doesn't. This doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, I don't know geographically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, North Hollywood, Tom, in your head, where do you think North Hollywood is? It's north of regular Hollywood. Exactly. And it's, probably, it's north of Los Angeles. But would you guess that it is? It is not Hollywood at all. That it is no. a separate its own town. town? It, it, no. It is. Neither did I. So I started walking to North Hollywood. You really didn't know that, really. Didn't have a clue. So it's 15 miles walk from where I am. 16, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, Jesus. it's essentially, it's kind of like in the valley, kind of. Yes, it's the very edge of the valley. Exactly yeah. right. And, and 
it took me fucking forever. Uh, and the way that you got to walk there it, for, in, I mean, you could do it any which way, but a, a big portion of it is a, uh, like a footpath, uh, that runs along the back of the, uh, Griffith park. Yep. And, uh, you, you see some wild shit out here, everybody. <laughs> like it, people doing like, drugs or like, or like foxes. Like, <laughs> so either way is wild to me. Yeah. So check this out. You walk along the LA river on one side of it is a homeless encampment that lasts about a mile. Uh, and on the other side of it is a neighborhood that you can ride your horse through because everybody in the neighborhood has stables. That's the two sides of the river right there. It's bizarre. And it's like DC. It, it, it is so weird and everything about it was uh, to me totally interesting. If I had more comfortable shoes, I was wearing my $7 uh, Yeezy ripoffs. If I had been wearing more comfortable shoes, it might've been a joy to me because it was so, uh, it, I don't, I got a total kick out of LA and I always do. Uh, did but, you walk it? Did you walk for a particular reason or just, you were bored? He doesn't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> well, well like, did you have to go to somewhere in North Hollywood? You're like, that sounds fun. Oh, so I, I wanted to see Tom. Are you familiar with the North Hollywood shootout? No, I didn't realize North Hollywood was a separate town. I'm, yeah. I don't know its history. <laughs> so uh, the North Hollywood shootout is—I've uh, written it into my comic books. So it's a—it's a fascinating piece of uh, of American history because it, it's—I uh, want to say 1997. Um, in is the same that way late? that the damn—I think it's either 95 or 97. Um, 97. In the same way that. In the same way that the the move bombing that that uh, people were talking about because it was the anniversary the other day yeah. it is pivotal in some ways when we talk about uh, American justice when it, because what these signify both of these incidents what they signify is a militarization of the police force and uh, I it's my view I don't think this is particularly political particularly for this podcast where I imagine most of you are are skeptical of law enforcement out there in our listenership. Uh, this should concern everybody. You know what I mean? Like no matter what you think about cops, you hate them, you don't hate them. I don't know if you, if anybody in the sound of my voice believes that they should be armed l l like a, like a platoon, uh, invading Iraq. So, uh, this is one of the reasons that they are armed like a platoon invading Iraq is because, uh, in this North Hollywood shootout, Tom, uh, the, 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 um, suspects, <clears throat> fired 1,100 rounds at police and took an inordinate amount of ordnance to, to their body armor because police were using like revolvers. And meanwhile, these two guys were using modified assault weapons and were just spraying. And you can watch, wow. you can watch footage of it online and it's, it's truly insane. And, uh, but what it did was it, from that moment on, police had a justify they had a, a justification for for being armed to the teeth yes so like when we wow. see when we see america and we go yo why why does new york i don't care if 9 11 happened every six weeks why did why are there tanks in new york you know what i mean like right why, right right why are there armored personnel carriers like it's very uh it, it, it's you know so this is just the reason just the thing that they needed to be able to justify it you think it, it, Exactly. And this was one of the major ones where uh, police, you know, police unions, et cetera, then said, look, 
this is absurd. And, and to look, and to some degree it is, right? Like to some degree, if you are being uh, outgunned in a RoboCop-esque fashion but by, by uh, new technology, then- Right, you have a six shooter, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, precisely. So in some way, so it's, a, it, it's an interesting policy starter and a difficult question. And I wanted to, and I was on my mind and I wanted to go to the site of it and you can look online. It, it was a Citibank at that time. It is now a Bank of America. You can stand exactly where those men stood and shot across the street into dozens of police cars. And you can look at the uh, somebody uh, at the time drew, drew up a, uh, an idea, like a schematic of where the sure. shots were fired and all that. Um, fascinating. You can look at that and say, okay, like you don't want to be the weirdo that's like looking down the barrel of an imaginary assault rifle as you're right, right, right. B- but you could do that if you wanted that experience. Um, so I, I said, Oh, North Hollywood, that'll be a nice walk. And I'll see this piece of American history. And then, Oh, by the way, the, the, uh, the LA police museum actually has their body armor on display. Wow. Uh, the, the two men. Um, so the, uh, I, I, I wanted to walk and see this. And uh, I thought North Hollywood was like West Hollywood, you know? Right, right. That's right. Yeah, no, no, and no. No, no, it's no, the valley. No, no. How much further north is it from Hollywood? Uh, you have to go through mountains, basically. Yeah, I mean, Tom, I don't know if you've ever done this, but when you leave um, LAX and you go up the 405, you eventually kind of have to go over this hill. Is that the 405? Yeah, you have to go up this grade. You have to go up this hill. And um, when you go up, you come down and you drop in, and essentially that's where you drop into the valley. And North Hollywood's kind of out from there. It's it's a hike. That's that's a no joke walk. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. And did you walk back? Uh, I took, I walked from the site of it to then over to the uh, 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 train station there, and I took the train back, and that's its own policy issue because... Uh, the trains here are Tom. They're they're beyond, they're beyond your understanding, man. Like yeah. I, I like you've been you, you you've been on New York subway cars that I'm sure made you gag, but there was another subway car that you could exit. You could exit your current subway so car, go, go in, to yeah. the next subway car, not throw up. That is not an option in Los Angeles. You just have to feel like you're going to throw up the entire ride. 
and it is deep. And no one rides them, right? Like, no, I, I took the red line uh, twice in the last uh, week, and I would say a total on my ride, which was as long as you can go from North Hollywood uh, to uh, downtown, it's as long as you can go on the thing. I would say that there's a total of 12 people during yeah. that entire time. Yes. And, uh, and now why don't they, they kind of clean that up knowing that LA's traffic is so ridiculous? You know, it's what? not intuitive. So, it's not, it's not <clears throat> the support systems to get to the train aren't built right. For example, the Valley to downtown LA and other points, you would think it would make sense. Like, Hey, how about we build the public transportation better? It just doesn't branch the way you would like it to. And some of the geography makes it hard. And then it's just an age-based thing. There's actually, I think somebody, maybe one of our listeners could hit us with this. I'm pretty sure there was some historical reference points for why public transportation in LA, like a train system, a rail system, wasn't developed. And it was... Uh, like some racist shit? Either? No, it was murky, no, it, like uh, car money, basically. Yeah. So, so Tom, if you've seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it's ding, it's ding, exactly ding. that. Yeah. It's exactly that. It's it's oh, okay. uh, basically Los Angeles was intentionally engineered to be a car city at the expense of their trolley system, which was purchased by car companies and dismantled. <laughs> so, so wow. uh, it, it is, uh, and LA suffers for it. Uh, and their subway is so pitiful and so like, it, it, it's really like, to me, it's quite sad. Um, uh, but for anybody interested, you don't got to pay for it. Uh, yeah. it, it's, <laughs> Oh really? I mean, you're supposed to, but no, literally no, nobody, no one checking ever. ever. Nobody checks. It, it, it's basically Tom. It's again, for, for going from New York to this, it's incomprehensible because there's no leg of the New York subway that doesn't get utilized. People can say like there's places that are underserviced, like East New York is woefully underserviced. Right. But like, and uh, obviously we know the origins for so much of this shit actually is racism, but right here. It's it's not that here. It's like, Hey, the subway is an L shape. And if you don't, if you if you live on that, you're fucked. Yes. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Dom, to give you a reference point, this isn't exactly, but it'd be like if you walked from your house to New Rochelle. God damn! So my house to Morgado's house. There you go. Yeah, like that's that would be comparably downtown LA to uh, North Hollywood. When I'm looking, at I don't know if that's actually walkable in New York. You'd have to walk across the bridge and then walk up Manhattan. Right, but then like yeah, so I'm walking up there. Like, how do I get to New Rochelle? Up through the Bronx. You gotta walk through the Bronx. Yeah, that's how. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that, like I that, the street the whole way. That's kind of the deal here, except like there's also like I, I'm curious about this walking trail. We really went off on a tangent on this one. But that walking trail <laughs> right. sounds fascinating to me. So <laughs> hit me with your hit me with your route map. Um Sure. All right. <clears throat> Uh, John emails us and says, uh, love the podcast, lived in New Jersey for a while, said some nice things. What's up, John? Uh, Wanted to riff on some stuff and see if you've got any golden nuggets. I got in a hardcore bit late in life, early 20s. I had absolutely zero friends that were interested in punk and hardcore, so I started going to shows in Rochester, New York, by myself until I slowly got to know some people in my local community. I fucking hated going to shows alone, but I'm glad I finally broke the ice and had some people to talk to now when I do. How We Are was the band that made me lose my mind and helped me understand hardcore much better. Their singer is also an Achilles, which leads me to my question. 
I saw Achilles with Modern Life is War, I think, in 2007 in Rochester. Modern Life is War had this awesome band from Iceland called I Adapt with them. I Adapt has a great record called Chain Like Burden. Anyone heard it? Thoughts? Ever heard or seen this band at all? Uh, Shameless self-promotion. He does a thing called Brotherless. So check it out, brotherless.bandcamp.com. Thanks for the podcast. Thanks, John. So um, have either of you ever heard the band I Adapt or their record Chain Like Burden? I have not but I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I, that era is a bit of a, like I was off on some other shit during that era. No disrespect to modern life is war who were kind enough to take self-defense out on one occasion. And I think are really cool dudes, but that whole sound, like the, they had so many imitators that I kind of, I kind of lost the plot on the bands that were trying to do that at the time. Uh, I don't know if I adapt as one of them, but I was just, I think I was dismissive. Yeah. Even in my, I mean, my life is always so great. I, I know that now, Tom, but at the time I felt like you were just so over it. Uh, well, it was like touring at that time. There was literally, uh, this is not an exaggeration. If you, uh, Tom, I don't know if you were touring at that time or playing shows at that time. I'd, I'd have to think about this. No. Um, so during that time, if you were touring, the basement to small room scene, there was only two types of bands and that was modern life is war clones or ISIS clones. That ISIS. was it. Everybody wanted to be ISIS for two summers. Everybody wanted to be modern life is war for two summers. And it was, it w- it really burned me out to be frank. Like I, I, sure. I, didn't, I didn't even give modern life is war a real shot until much later because of how turned off I was by kind of like the, the walking in the footsteps uh, phenomenon that was going on. Sure. They had a lot of, uh, a lot of acolytes. Um, Whoa. Yeah, the, uh, uh, I have not heard. I adapt. I remember them existing, but have not heard the record. I'll check it out. Modern life's war never was my thing. Totally. Um, how we are in Achilles, uh, both bands that could be, uh, could be grouped largely in that uh, conversation we just had about the late 2000s, mid late 2000s bands doing stuff with modern Achilles was a little bit on the heavier side, but, um, but both were doing kind of a slightly different take on melodic hardcore. So, yeah. And and we should point out Achilles has new material that's flying under the radar right now. But if you are a fan of that sound, Achilles did it very well and you should go check that out now. Yes. Okay. Um, To shred or not to shred. Dan emails us and asks, how do you feel about guitar solos in hardcore? I've heard some people who are welcoming of them and others who think they represent an ostentatious sense of proficiency over actual songwriting. If you're anti-solos, why are there any exceptions? If you're pro-solo, what kind do you gravitate towards? Thrashy shred stuff a la Mind Force? Those power pop solos that are just a simple catchy melody? Super technical stuff, mid-period, darkest hour, for example. Iron Maiden-esque harmonized leads, all or none of the above. Um, And then he goes on to something else. I'll I'll catch that next. Um, How do you guys feel about solos and hardcore? I think if they're tastefully done, I'm I'm into it. Keep them short, and I don't need the tech. Yeah, I was going to say most of the above. Yeah, uh, my my lean is towards the thrashy, shreddy kind of stuff yep. um, that you hear in a lot of New York stuff. I think when you go over and hit some of the like suicidal Venice type stuff, rocks there too. Um, you can catch me 
with some of the, you know, there's some solos and misfit songs. Uh, I believe they do a solo that's literally just one note, which is really fucking hilarious. Uh, you know, so done right. Uh, don't overdo it. Um, you don't have to think it out too much. I don't know. I don't know too many people who are super anti-solo, but I guess there's someone who. That was like a punk thing for a minute, though. I feel like. Right. Like, like what do you think you're a rock star, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. The best, the best rock with it. Um, uh, he talked about the mention of Green Day on a, an episode not too long ago. Um, there is, in effect, an excellent recent Green Day record. It's called "Love Is for Losers" and was released as a Billy Joe side project called "The Long Shot." If he'd just made that the new Green Day record, most would have forgiven them for that total absolute toss they've released this millennium up to now keep up the awesome work thanks dan um do either of you fuck with green day um i know patrick probably doesn't if i had a guess who knows uh, he might be was, an american idiot what year did yeah. dookie come out 94, 94. yeah okay because i can remember watching the video on mtv and really i said this before that he had acne and i was so blown away right by the yeah. fact that the man had acne on television um i think that dookie fucking rips i i think that you'd have to kind of be an a-hole to feel otherwise and I, and i don't i don't think that about punk like whatever commercial punk of that era like i nothing about blink 182 makes any fucking sense to me uh but green day i think is on its own merits fucking pretty good and uh but then it rapidly yeah. falls off. They lost a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and now it's like, that's interesting that uh, his solo project sounds like, like a Green Day punk record and he's making this arena t- trash. And I, I listen to a lot of our listeners that are banging their fucking steering wheels right now and going, uh, well, he's got to, he's playing arenas. Yeah, but sometimes like the thing <laughs> that got you there is is just fine, you know. Like, uh, like right, you got there writing songs about poop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly, precisely, precisely. Um, and I get Duke a lot of good. and all yeah. that. Yeah, Kerplunk is great. Uh, Kerplunk, yeah, I never jumped into Kerplunk, but it never bothered me. I like Dookie. I like Nimrod. Everything after that doesn't matter to me at all. So. Um, I like the uh, the American Idiot records, not bad. And it hey, it it, it got Dillinger Four to build uh, build their yeah, venue Rock, in Minneapolis. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So let's do this. Uh, this one is funny. A mailbag question for one of you guys are next talking some. Any of you enjoy Saint Anger? Maybe it's because I've never had an emotional connection to Metallica, but as someone who listens to new metal for fun, sometimes it's kind of a blast. That's from Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. I I agree with this hot take. Oh my God! Really? Wow. Yeah. I don't think it would be that bad of a record if the recording wasn't so like try hard to sound bad. The drumming is so the drum sound is so offensive to me. I can't. And the drumming is offensive because yeah. fucking Lars Ulrich is a hack. And it's so prominent, and the sound on it so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just nah. Terrible. Nah. And yeah, and I. But- what were we talking about? Who the fuck was I talking to about this? Could it bound on a podcast? Because I don't really talk to any humans. <laughs> you talked to us COVID. enough, right? Yeah. Um, I watched the. Have you ever? If you have ever watched like the the Metallica documentary? Oh yeah. That, like, uh, uh, is it called Saint Agar? No. No, it's, it's called, called uh, mon- uh, some kind of monster. It's great. Some kind of monster. Kind of monster. Right. And like I was talking about. Oh no, I think we did talk about it on here. And like 
they were holed up for like six months. Yep. Writing songs. Yep. And like, oh yeah, because we were talking about like whether or not like if you had time, like it, you either can do it or you can't. Time is not really of Tom, the essence, really. Tom, it's like it's like the memes say, my dude. If this corona, if this quarantine didn't bring out the hustle in you, it's not in you, fam. Wow. <laughs> oh, you're not following well, the same people I'm following? I'm seeing that every twenty every twenty minutes on my timeline. No, nobody's fucking hustling. Just um, me. You're not hustling. You got a job. That to me, that's, that's a big hustling. hustling. Wow. All right. You bought into the cubicle. Uh, Good job, dude. That's it. You're gonna have to change that fucking tattoo. That's it. You better cut that shit off by the time we see you yeah, sell out. Yeah, um, but I just think like the fact that they have everything in the world at their disposal and still come out with crap. Yeah. Mind you, the stuff after that, this song, this records after that, that are actually pretty good. Metallica. Yes, like shockingly good. I mean, if you want my hot take, I like uh, what's the fucking nineties alt the. Uh, uh, load. load and reload. Yeah, Ooh. reload not so much, but load a couple tracks. Here's your crown king. Nothing. <sighs> uh, you know what? I feel like if that fucking with it. King nothing is so good. Fuck. Um, yeah, I remember just being pissed off because it wasn't what I wanted. Oh, exactly. I, I think that's a lot of people. And also, it was, and they cut the hair. Yeah. Yes. It, uh, they went full full asshole on that level. Um, Death Magnetic is actually a really good record. All right. I don't know. I ever listened. And, so is hardwired to self-destruct. One of the worst records I've ever listened to in my entire life that Pat probably would like is Lulu. I do. I do. Yep, I do. Uh, uh, so you're the person. The guitarist for Husbandry pointed out that it sounds like a self-defense record. <laughs> <laughs> and you like it. Uh, I So I like the ambition of it. It's not like something that you're ever going to listen to more than once a year. But I, I, I actually like what it's shooting for. The recording of the album was problematic at times. Large, Lars Ulrich later said that Lou Reed challenged him to a street fight. <laughs> I would fucking love to see. Lou Reed would fuck Lars Ulrich up. I've told this story. Lou Reed, biggest dickhead I've ever been on the phone with in my life. And that in all levels of customer service, this was the biggest dickhead and he was famous. Wait, how were you on the phone with him? What were you doing? Yeah, what was um, providing him? So okay, so there's a couple people Without, in New York. No HIPAA, no HIPAA law violations here. So, so there's a yeah, there's a couple people in New York who famously shred through personal assistance, like like celebrities that just like are like you, you can go to a party and meet two people that were per, the personal assistant to the X, Y, or Z because this person just cannot. They're antisocial, fucking terrible people. Lou Reed right. is one of those people. I've seen the Devil Wears Prada. I understand it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Lou Reed. Lou Reed, Good day. Yeah. Lou Reed was famously one of those people. I was working at a vegan, uh, like deli sort of spot, and yeah. this this woman comes in and she's anxious, and I and I I say, can I help you? And 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 you know, she says, I need gluten free, and I say, okay, well, here's what we got, and blah blah. And she says, you know what, I'm. I'm just kind of nervous to get it wrong. Can I put you on the phone with my boss? And I say, sure. Oh, wow. And, and it's Lou Reed. <laughs> and he, I know that because he introduces himself as Lou Reed. <laughs> and then <laughs> like, like that's going to, yeah. And then he proceeds to, to shit on his assistant and also talk to me. Like I've got a major disability. Mm. So he's like, 
he's like, I'm gluten free. That means I cannot have gluten. And I, <laughs> and I said, I said, yes, sir, I understand. Uh, and he said, so you have to provide me the, the items that do not have gluten. And I said, I, yes, sir. I, I'm well aware. Yeah, I understand. And he said, the, so Lou Reed, and this is everybody, this is before gluten free was the fucking thing right and so Lou Reed saying the words gluten free to me at least fucking six times was very entertaining <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah but in that was his voice not like uh, identifiable yes for for certain uh and he that was the other dead giveaway is that he was singing all of his greatest hits so he's like hey babe <laughs> so here's the thing he famously was an unhappy, difficult person. I experienced experienced that for two minutes and I have to say it was palpable. (laughs) It was, he was unpleasant. (sighs) Lou Reed. RIP. You fuck. Um, All right. We're going to close it out. We got one last question. You know what it is. Mike Lawson's awesome questions. You're on a plane. Yeah, it's a good one. Thank you. You're on a plane. The pilots are incapacitated for whatever reason. I can fly. Which past axe to grind on air guests would you prefer to have attempt to to land the plane? Hold on. This is a draft. Uh, Tom, you get the first pick. Um, which past axe to grind on air guest? Fuck. Um. I was going to go Pathlin, but he's kind of nervous. Yes. Um, I'm going to go Rachel. It was either Kara or Rachel. But because they both have like – Rachel can do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. And Kara, being a photographer, probably has very good eyesight. <laughs> this is, and okay. would be able to like – yeah. That was, so I'm going Kara or Rachel. Okay. So you can't pick either of them, Patrick. Who do you pick? It's a no. It's a no brainer for me. It's the brother from Dead Heat. Okay, Justin, how come? Just because he's cool. He's the most like. What am I? Is that dude going to be shaken? You know what I mean? Like he's the most. Fun- and he's got the voice for the mic for the overhead. Oh sure. Like, oh yeah. Ima- imagine. Imagine he's that, calming that the he's, crowd. You're right. Imagine his voice comes over the PA, and he's just. Hey, we're about to uh, crash into the side of uh, San Jacinto <laughs> Mountain. We're going to be. Uh, about uh, it's gonna be a little late. Why don't we get tell your family? You're not gonna make it. <laughs> I'll make an effort to fly low enough that you can contact your family. Uh, <laughs> uh, We're gonna turn on the Wi-Fi for free, so you can get in touch with your family. <laughs> tell them that you love them. Um, sorry. Okay. I'm so, really sorry. Someone on this that's listening had someone die in a plane crash, and I apologize. That was terrible. No, it was. It, it made me laugh. Worth it. So uh, I'm still I'm still sad about Kobe, but I'm laughing too. It's it's all good. So so that's my pick for sure. He's uh, he's, he he seems me, he strikes me as unflappable. Okay, um, my pick will be. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I am gonna go with man. I believe the only person who has been an on-air guest of Axe to Grind who's flown a plane, which is. Our old friend Andrew. That makes sense. Has a little bit of history, maybe only once, but that's fine. So, 
Andrew from uh, from Police Line will will land us safely. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, are, are you guys aware that my my biggest fight with one of my closest friends uh, of all time is about my ability to fly a plane? Which is what that you can't or that you won't or what? But you 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 swear you can, and this person's like, bro, so or they won't let you, which would be so good. Yes, a friend of mine is a pilot, and that is like law school junior. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's yes. a lot of it's a lot of schooling. It's a lot of studying. It's a lot of uh, having your brain Hours. really yes, really engaged with the topic. And so as a result, in the same way that if I said to Tom, uh, "Yeah, that's cool. I could do your job," Tom would Tom would clearly <laughs> say, "Could you?" You know, I did go to school for years. You know, and I'd say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but. If you put me, but I mean, how hard could it be? Right. If you put me in a courtroom, I could do it. And <clears throat> right, you couldn't pass the bar exam. Mm-hmm. Right. But so, because they give you a million, literally a million pieces of information to remember. Yeah, a no million. chance. Me. But yeah. Yeah, I could my cousin Vinny it in my mind. Now here's the point. Sure. The the, 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 uh, the, the youth, the youths. So I uh, I have maintained that if my options, if if my friend had a heart attack while we're in his plane and my options are to die horribly or to land that plane, I will land that plane. Okay. You're taking it into the ocean Sully style or what? I, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a good landing, but, but I believe that I can do this. And he gets so fucking mad because he, he knows what it takes to land a plane and he doesn't yes, think yes. that anybody can intuitively do that complicated action. And, uh, this has been a thing. I've gotten him so mad that he's offered to let me fly his plane to see if it's just to, to see, prove a point, just to prove a point, even though he thinks he's going to die. Mm. And, uh, right. Like it's going to cost him like however every- much a plane counts. Costs. <laughs> just to be like, you see asshole, you can't do it. Uh, but I believe I believe I can. You and believe I, you can fly? I, I, <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thank you. You believe you can touch the sky? Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I, I, here's my point to you guys. You tell me if I'm wrong. Better to yes. approach better to approach something with the the confidence of ignorance than to panic and think you're going to die. Yeah, let's sure. you can replace the word ignorance with fool, and I agree the same. Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, baby spinach. We all know what that is, but what is full-grown spinach? What's that look like? I mean, it's just bigger. Uh, it's, it's, you got me. It's big spinach. Baby spinach is definitely better. Mm-hmm. Full spinach. Full spinach is what Popeye eats, uh, and it's all right. Did the popularity of Popeye cartoons directly correlate with spinach sales? Yeah, definitely. Could you imagine eating spinach out of a can, though? No, me neither. I mean, I think I think you. I wonder if like that's like a spam sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it was like how like the CIA helped write um, the winds of change for the scorpions. Like, I wonder if the spinach companies (laughs) came together and be like, "We got this thing. We're gonna create this guy who like eats spinach and then like can beat up a bully." I think it's more organic. I think it's more organic than that, and that Popeye was just the first influencer. He was a, yeah, he was OG, a the OG influencer. Um, yeah. Popeye Cardinal. Popeye Hilton, yeah. we'll call him. Um, a long time ago, I asked how you put on your socks and shoes. I realized that 
I recently realized that when I dress my children, I do sock, shoe, sock, shoe. Am I a bad parent? Um, you got to look at yourself in the mirror every day and think about that, man. Yeah. Uh, sock, shoe, sock, shoe is whack. Come on, socks. That, you know what? Here's the thing. As, as a non-father, yeah. here's going to be my guess how I'm, I'm making it logical what Mike is doing. Mm-hmm. You have a kid who's like hemming and hawing and kicking and screaming and everything. You got that fucking foot in your hand? Yeah. You get everything you can on that fucking foot. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time since I had to put a sock on my child. So, yeah, I probably. I don't know. Right? Like, if you have, like, you, all right, I got to fucking, you know, I, I can do this. You get you, you get in as soon as you can and just fucking put everything on. And then, then you work on, you know, then you tackle the other foot. You're being okay. very kind to Mike. You're being very kind to him. That would be my guess. I think you're a good father. <laughs> I've got a question. He is a great father, though, so shout out. Um, what you got, PK? If if you were in a group of some kind, such as like such as this, we're, we're a group of people that work towards a common end, mm. and one of the group was so much better looking than the others, mm-hmm. would, would you put that person in the front of photos, for example? Uh, depends, yes. I guess. Sure. Like... I, I mean, a, a really extreme example of this would be no doubt, right? But but I, I, I'm I'm not talking about making somebody a star. I'm talking about like, just like if you knew, like for example, if we ran, if the three of us, and this isn't a bad idea, started a, a hair and laser clinic, right? Okay. A, and, uh, you know, things were going well, but we had to get some promo on social media. Uh-huh. And, right. Uh, and one of us was re- like, let's say, okay, Tom, you've gone the hair and laser clinic. We, you've taken advantage of all of our services. You come out looking like fucking, you know, uh, uh, Antonio Banderas. You know what I mean? A chubby does, Fabio. Yeah. Does, it, does it not make sense to put you up front? Or, Bob, do you and I catch feelings about that? No, you got it. You, as long as you can get on the same page with it and everybody feels good about it. Now you you suggested he use the services. Let's just say he didn't. We're just going on even. Yeah, we're just yeah. going on. We're I just going on even ground. But it's like you go, you you try to put everyone even balance, but you you also let it be organic. And I think yeah, you treat the camera a little bit with the better looking. Yeah, and, and and you let the photographer kind of direct the show too, like. Yo, yeah, that's a good call. That's a do, good call. Do do what's best, and they might arrange it in place. And that's always the thing that works. Was that what was what you were aiming for, or did you want to have some? Were you connecting this somehow to putting socks on a child? <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> you know what. Like, if you look at like band photos, you automatically assume the singer's up front. Yeah. And when you realize that's not the case, yeah. why else would the person not be up front? Because you put the better looking drummer or the bass player up front, so you look more presentable. Yes. Right. Yes, for sure. And uh, so don't get me wrong. This is not like a salient question to my life right now. I'm not like, uh, I don't want to be in the front of our promo materials and I don't think I should be in the front of my band. Well, probably should of my band promo materials. But I, uh, I was wondering like, cause I saw a photo of, of like a skin spot and, uh, the, there was four girls, four women and yep. the woman up front was a straight knockout. And it went by in descending order of who is more conventionally attractive. And I wondered if that was a conversation, you know what I mean? Like, like mm. did the, 
and if it's not a conversation, then what about the photographer <laughs> just somehow putting that together? You I know think what we I mean? need so, a, we need to see. I mean, I always appreciate photographers who have a subtle way and a style and in their head of like looking into this, seeing the photos, taking a look at the camera, you know, that I think there's so much more going on in that split second where you see the photographer look down and look at their camera and look at the photo they just took. You know what I mean? And then look back up. There's a lot going on in that moment where I think it's going, Ooh, okay. This room, this light where these people are, we're going to move Jimmy Joe to the front and, uh, Billy and Crystal are going to slide back a little bit. Um, and uh, that's the most gentle way to do it because they're trying to create the most visually pleasing image. Right. And uh, yeah. can there be situations where people put someone else up front? Yeah, but you you end up even like I'm sure of that group of four women that the other girls are plenty good looking too, you know? Uh, but, you know. So it, wait. We're all adults now, and we don't hang our hats on being hot, right? Uh-huh. Like, it, 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 but do you have you are you at this stage in your life? Are you ever in the company of somebody that's so good looking? You're like, what is this? Can I get the fuck out of here? This guy's making me uncomfortable. Does that ever happen? Yes. Yeah. No shit. So that has happened to me in my life. It hasn't happened recently. Maybe yeah. I, I'm in an uglier circle, but I, no, I, I mean, uh, sure that's happened. Sure. 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 Yeah. Like, Younger days for sure. But maybe I just hung out with better looking people back then. Damn. <laughs> well, <laughs> yo, ha- okay. Sorry. Uh, this is just building and building. Um, it, it, rate yourself for your age. Are, are you doing okay? Great. I'm talking about looks. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, bad. Okay. Great. Uh, okay. Good. I'm pretty solid. Yeah. All right. Tom. Oh, I don't know. I hate this question. I know, but the obvious answer is you're doing fucking, you're doing okay to great depending on whatever. But like it, it, it's, this is okay, I, I think. I not bad. It, yeah. I, I made it. Yeah. I made it easy for us by giving us only right. three. If I'd given us like a, a gradient of seven, I might've, we might've all bummed ourselves out by being like, well, <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you go over the, you, you went uh 25, 50, 100. And, uh, I, I'd say everybody's hopefully. And if you find yourself thinking you're below the 50, you're below Mendoza, uh, change your life a little bit and also change the way you think about yourself. Oh, sorry. This question after question. Do you think that do you think that good looks are a Mendoza? Do you think that I mean that in no. the respect? No, no, no. It's no. it's it's, it's your 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 the way you think about yourself is a Mendoza, though. Like if your like, your well, confidence level in yourself and the way you look, you know, because I think I, a lot of it's objective. Uh, is is not objective. It's subjective. So it's like, uh, you know, if you feel good and you like the way you look, uh, you're going to project that a lot. And if you don't, um, and you really, really don't, everybody feels that too, you know? And if you're kind of neither here nor there, usually you're fine. That means you're okay. It means you're over the 50% mark. No, I, I agree. But right. so, so, but the Mendoza is not 50. What I'm saying is that is it, it is yeah, it, right. it, it, it's 20%. It, that's what I'm saying. It, it, like, would you, I'm using at it this kind age, of colloquially, you know what I mean? No, I got you. But, yeah. at the, but at this age, are you, are you, like is hitting three out of ten, pretty pretty good. You know what I mean? I think it yeah. might be. Hall of Famer, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're hitting three out of ten. I'm kill- We're killing it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're going to get a lot of responses to this and be like, dude, Pat, you're a... Patrick, here, last one for you. Um, I got a question. Your your brother recently had a child. Uh, Him and his significant other are predisposed. They need you to take care of the child for a while, uh, like an hour. Uh, 15 minutes in, the child soils themselves. A diaper change is needed. Can you do it? Do you do it? Yeah. Um, Tom, so, I feel like your answer is, yeah, of course. I just do it. Am I right about that? Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd hate every second and probably throw up afterwards, yeah, but, but I'd do okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm much more comfortable with boys. Um, like, I'm going to take you on a ride. When I worked in direct care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. W- when the job started, it was, it was a, a mixed sex household. They don't do that in New York state anymore. I don't think, but, uh, it was grandfathered in, it was old, but the, the residents were old and there was one resident who was got to be in her eighties and sorry for everybody listening, skip 15 seconds ahead. Um, every night I had to clean her up Yep. and it was at that point that I realized, Oh, women have more crevices yeah, and yeah, and yep, there's, yep, yep. there's more places for diarrhea things to get go. things to get rough. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so to that end, I, I think Sorry, just Tom. give me a dude. Yeah. <laughs> give me a, give me a dude because I just, I know what to do there. You just take a wet one, you go around the balls. You know what I mean? Like just like uh-huh. get, get it done. But, um, yeah, I could do it. Um, yeah, I could do it. The option is you do it. It's 15 minutes in. You got 45 minutes to wait, or do you let it sit for 45? Do you do it? Can't let it sit. Can't good. let it sit. Good. Very I don't. Good. I don't. I don't. I don't let a dog go one second of I've got a pee anxiety. Not good. one second. That, that's that's a kind thing to do. I appreciate that. Um, Tom, the Girl Scout finances are booming while the Boy Scouts are going bankrupt. What should Boy Scouts have been selling us for the past 20 years to keep those? not tying classes open <laughs> uh fewer pedos <clears throat> well i mean you don't have any fungible goods that they're selling sell some fucking sell me some like those the chocolate they used to have to sell in grammar school oh yeah 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 get on get on the train with the box of chocolate right there's no like is there like an analog to girl scout cookies for boy scout no. i was never a boy scout or a cub scout or anything i was no but I- I bet if the if they sold peanut butter cups that had pistachio filling, and mm. the, I bet that they could have like a an like a real racket. Yeah, because it would be a thing that would be like, oh, the Boy Scouts are doing that weird pistachio pie thing that they do, mm. and people would look forward to it. I think they could go in for the the chocolate cup filled with various fillings type deal, and it would be cool. Yeah, fuck yeah, for let's sure. go for that. Did you um, see, did you see that research about pistachios? No, tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> trying so to get some pistachio things. Italian ice yesterday. It didn't work out, unfortunately. Well, machine, I wish you did. Machine broke. Reason. Let's go. Machine broke. So, uh, so okay. So, so legumes are one of the key ingredients of uh, uh, life in a blue zone, right? We've talked about blue zones, mm-hmm. uh, and l- nuts just seem like so crucial to your health in general. It's yep. an interesting thing. Yep. Uh, but pistachios, in particular, uh, the research indicates that. Uh, eating a handful of pistachios every day for three weeks uh, gives you the same genital vascularity as uh, using Viagra. So uh, let's avoid that with the Boy Scouts then. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, well, th- you know what? It's a sordid past. You're right. Is Say Goodbye the only hardcore band of the last 20 
five years where no member had a single tattoo. Um, no, nah, there's got to be some others. There was, I think that you catch some young kid bands that no one had a tattoo, you know? Oh, I, I think that there's also like a, a, a secret, a secret like, hey, I'm just doing this for a summer bands for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have an air fryer? Why not? I do not have an air fryer. I do. Patrick, do you have an yeah, air fryer? Uh, th- yes, they're sick as fuck. Okay. It's so good. Uh, what what is? It's, tell me the deal. The, you just put stuff in there and it fries it. Yes, yeah, we're there. But it fries it in <laughs> such a way. It fries it in such a way that uh, you you, you don't, don't feel gross. Yeah, you don't feel gross. You don't right. feel like any sort of like like disgust, guilt. Cool. Um, it, I literally use it for everything. You can use it in lieu of your oven. Wow. Yes. Oh, sure. Huh. That's fucking cool. All right. I'll, I'll like I'll cut up like when I get like frozen pizza, I cut those the them up small enough to fit in there, and I literally don't ever 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 use my oven. Yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll just cube beets and air fry the beets. Oh, that sounds really good. All right. All right. Um, I will get an air fryer in the next two weeks and report back. Do it. Is the fact that people our age loved pro wrestling as a kid completely crazy to young people? Or did the younger hardcore listener also watch wrestling? Um, I feel uh, like they do. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know some like twenty-five-year-old hardcore dudes that fucking live for that shit. I don't know what younger is. Like, let's say seventeen. I I'll be frank. If anybody thinks I'm out of touch, when it comes to seventeen-year-olds, damn right. You know what I mean? Twenty-five-year-olds, I might still have a finger on the pulse. Once you get down to like. Real young, where I wouldn't even have like a like a exchange with you online. Uh, I have no idea. I don't know if a seventeen year old loves wrestling or or uh, I don't know. Maybe they're all on OnlyFans instead. I have no idea. Okay. Um, we have two left. What are some of your favorite pro wrestling memories? There's a Ric Flair ESPN thirty for thirty. Uh, my favorite pro wrestling memory is probably. Um, yeah, like that, that WCW, NWO, uh, Attitude Era, ECW stuff. I went to a bunch of shows then, and I was never a huge wrestling fan. Like, I like it just fine, but that was fun. That was a fun time to, to watch it. Um, and the real fun was that dudes who I was in the hardcore with, they, we used to have TV parties, like, like the fucking Black Flag song. But, it, you know, sometimes those would center around, sometimes those would center around like bad movies and sometimes they'd center around wrestling events. So that was cool. Uh, f- for me, uh, George the Animals, meeting George the Animal Steel and him telling me to calm down. How old were you? Are you serious? Tell us the backstory of that. So I went to see George. I went to see George Animal Steel at uh, uh, a community center in Troy, uh, and uh, I ate a bunch of like not sprinkles, but like I don't even know what you call them. They're for baking, uh, and they make your tongue green. And uh, I did the whole thing. With, I did the whole thing with him, but he was like, he's like, all right, all right calm down. Amazing, because he was like a professor. Yeah. There's very few situations that I can think of in my experience of knowing you where I would feel the need to tell you to calm down. It's when he's I, all hopped up on green riboflavin or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I don't get it too often. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm pretty even keel even when I'm sort of doing my weirdo yeah, out Even when you're thing. fucking unraveling, it's wild. All right. Um, Tom, favorite wrestling memory? 
Uh, uh, Dr. D, David Schultz fucking slapping John Stossel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember seeing that as getting like, oh shit, because I didn't know it was fake yet. Not fake, but like choreographed, like, you know, predetermined. Um, Also, along those same lines, Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan getting busted in the same car when they were supposed to be uh, hateful. They hated each other. Sure. But they got busted in New Jersey. Um, and then let's see the coolest thing, uh, two coolest things that I got to witness in person was, uh, Raven came back to ECW. Oh yeah. In, still in Queens. And I yelled like the Beatles came out as like a surprise guest at a show. It was insane. Um, and then, um, I was really stoked to get to see, uh, Nate Brody King, um, mm-hmm. Wrestle at the Garden. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Like a hardcore, cool. straight edge hardcore dude from LA, like get, or wherever Van Nuys or whatever to be able to, you know, like that's how it doesn't get much cooler than that. So it was, I was I was really psyched to get to see that. Shout out! All right, final question, and then uh, we'll let everybody jump into the live on Extra Grind set here. Uh, Kids in the Hall is returning with new episodes. Is it at all possible this could be funny in 2020? Yeah, <sighs> it's gonna be tough. It's going to be tough. It's an uphill battle for sure, but it's possible. Was a fan. I feel like stuff is so insane now that like I'm crushing our head is not funny anymore. <laughs> right. But, but Doug's kind of funny. Doug could still be pretty funny. Well, Doug is the state. We're going to have to oh, for the hair. State. You're right. Fuck. The state would so, so oh, fuck you, I'm Doug. Yeah. I'm so, Doug so and you're dad. There's by the way, state, all hardcore people. Really? Oh, no shit. I I saw – all right, here's – I'm going to go in my old man bag. I told someone this story. I think I might have told Jeremy Bolton this story. I went to go see Fugazi and Shudder to Think at uh, Irving Plaza mm-hmm. as a young man. And um, the opening band's playing, and I look over, and literally the entire state is there because Kerry Kinney, who was on the state, played in a band called Cake-like. Mm-hmm. Oh. That opened – that were like a DC-ish band. Yeah, yeah. But like literally all the – like Thomas Ian, Thomas Ian Black, who Mike, was in a – Michael Ian Black. Uh-huh. Yeah, Michael Ian Black. Oh, Michael Ian Black. It's Thomas Lennon. Michael Ian Black was in a band with Tim from Ensign oh, huh. wow. in the 80s that sounded like Who's Could Do. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Um, and then like the rest of – they were all like punk and hardcore kids from – from like I guess the DC area or whatever, but they were all there, and I saw Cake Like with Shutter to Think and Fugazi for six bucks, and they were all at the show. And I've said I'll dip my balls in it way too many times. <laughs> in, in, if and no one probably knows what we're talking about, if you can find a state on YouTube, yes. it's ridiculous and amazing, and you'll recognize. Yeah, three, four of the people for sure. Kerry sure. Kenny still does stuff. Mike and Black obviously still does stuff. Thomas Lennon still does stuff. Showalter was and then on David, it. Yep. Huh? Showalter was on it. Yep. Yep. Michael Showalter too. And and um David Fuck. David yeah. He became a director. Yeah, he had a moment so too. David uh So there's three of them. So I remember Kids in the Hall, but it's slightly before my time. The state was Same. prime. Same. And then uh the whitest kid you know was interesting to me because it was school of visual arts kids. I think roughly the same time I was a student. So, uh, and the whitest kids, you know, was on like much music for like two years. And I vaguely remember that. 
uh, pretty funny, honestly. There's a funny sketch called Race War. Um, but they, oh. they, they uh, th- uh, somehow I tripped over this on YouTube. They've gone on to various levels of success. There's basically three core members, and they've gone on to various levels of success. Uh, some of them like write shows for Nickelodeon. Uh, one guy we, we, we would kind of recognize. Um, but they got together because they're all just home. So they just did a Zoom thing, and it was way funnier than it had any right to be. It, 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 well, it's probably they're the most current. David Wayne was the guy I was thinking of. He did a bunch of like – he directed a bunch of stuff. And Joe Latrulio, who was on um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he was in Superbad. Yes, of he course. He was the creepy yes. guy. Yes, bug eye guy, yeah. Shout out the state. Damn. I forgot about it. I remember discovering it and being like, damn, this is so good. Oh, and Ken Marino. Ken Marino, yeah. They all went on to do stuff, actually, except for the one guy, Ben Grant. He didn't really seem to do much. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Yo, good times. Everybody watch the state. Oh, he was also – he wrote Reno 911, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got so much to say about that, It's but we'll save it for another time. Everybody, we'll do state uh, be walk- good. Send us more questions. Peace. There you go. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to Live on Axe to Grind. My name is Bob, and joining us today is... Sunstroke. What's up, Sean? How are you? I'm doing well. You got the... Uh, I think you got prime position on recording today. All right. I like being a little later in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the other thing, and I hope people who are listening at home pick up on this, we actually end up catching bands a lot when they're on tour. So they're kind of well-greased machines. You guys aren't on tour, but you did play a show last night. We did, yeah. So, so you're kind of in the groove, so I'm hoping to hear that. All right. Tell me a little bit. <clears throat> it's going to be some time ago now, but you guys did a single in the fall that was a benefit. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, before our EP, which uh, will hopefully be, be out, out yeah. Yeah, around the time of this, uh, I had talked with Nick at a numerality zine and I said that uh, I wanted to do something, um, you know, to, to help kind of boost the new song. But also I, you know, from the time that we started this band, I wanted to do something charity oriented. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of the EP deals with mental health and, uh, you know, I had consulted a few friends in Philly and, found out about this organization called the Walnut Wellness Fund, and they aid uninsured people to access uh, emotional therapy. And um, most people that are, uh, you know, uninsured are probably the people that need therapy the most. I think you had said that that. before. And uh, so I was like, hey, Nick, I think this would be a really good idea. This organization's really cool. My friend Dan pointed me in this direction. And uh, he was on board. So then I hit up uh, my friend Chitty, who does uh, Museum of Punk, and he was like, I'll dub the tapes. So me, Nick, and Chitty all kind of like put our money together, got it done. And I had Caleb from Warren do the artwork. And uh, so uh, that was for Fall Risk. And last night we had some at the show and sold them really quickly. And uh, that felt really good because I think that Mentioning the cause made people pretty stoked about it, and uh, it made me happy. Do you think it's something people are comfortable talking about as much as they should be in, in this community, in hardcore, and in, in fucking punk underground music? Kind no. Of I don't think so. No, not at all. I, I think that it, it's, I mean, it, I 
feel uncomfortable talking about it myself a lot of times. Right. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why I write about it in, in music because it's a lot easier to, to perform it than actually, you know, sit down and talk with even your, your closest friends. It's hard to be like, yo man, I not feeling well. Right. You, you know, and it's something that came up not long ago. And I, I, sometimes the internet's a good place. Most of the time it's a shit place, but sometimes it's a good place. But I saw someone say something I thought was really profound where they were talking about their own mental health and they're like, there's this big push to ask your friends, hey, how you doing? And I, I believe in that. I think that's a really good thing is to talk to your friends and hopefully encourage them to be honest with you. By The best way you can do that is by also being honest with them and hopefully showing vulnerability. It's, yeah. it's important. But this person said, you know, that's a big thing. But when I had <clears throat> a uh, mental health crisis, you know, and, and went through some uh, physical harm situation, it wasn't something that could have been identified like that because it was so sudden. And so many of these things exist like that that you can't control. And it's so sad. But to me, I think about this and I think about what you guys did, but even just you know, shining a light on, hey, this is an organization that exists. I hope that clicks with someone out there who might know an organization like that exists in their town yeah. or wherever it is. And more so that there's a willingness and openness for people to talk about these conversations and talk about mental health because it's important. And I think it's really commendable that you guys did that. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you. Tell me what your go-to dessert is. Ooh. So I have. Oh, see, these, everyone else in the room no. were no, like, no, 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 no. We don't want to be in on the conversation. Let's shine, let's shine, let's shine. But now I see some faces that are like, oh, I'll talk about dessert. All right. So you weren't excited about the mental health conversation. <laughs> you got to let him talk about dessert. All right. So this is, this is probably a little unconventional, but, uh, yo, I love, I love like amusement parks and fairs. Uh-huh. Give me a churro. Oh, yo, you're speaking to my heart. I love churros. I love churros. What about churros in the subway in New York? The people who sell them in the little bags. All right, so it's, it's like a rare treat for me. So I lived in uh, I lived in Bay Ridge at one point, like way deep south, yep. uh, Brooklyn, and I would ride the R, and it would stop for a while at 59th, where it transfers to the N, and there's always, always a, like a giant cart there selling churros, and it was my favorite part about living in New York. <laughs> Shout out churros. Okay, uh, just yell it out. What's your favorite dessert? Yo, all right, real quick. I want you to build what would be dessert sushi. What goes in dessert sushi? All right, you wrap it. A dragon roll. Uh, I, 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 get, I like to get one of each it, thing. Rolled in, um, so I get one of each thing, and then once I've hit one of each roll that I like, then I'll double up on what would be my favorite one. Yeah, but that's not dessert. I'm talking like sweet treats. Oh, oh, like, so make me a dessert. Okay, here, hold on. My man, my man on. has it down. Mike, Mikey's got something. Mikey, all right. All right, well, we're going to start with fruit roll-ups. It's going to be wrapped in a fruit roll-up. Um, for the rice, you might you want to do like... Um, Skittles. Yeah, actually, Skittles would be great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Matita um, Rotten. Okay. Yeah, so it's, we're, it's candy-based, unfortunately. Nerds. He's saying nerds. Because I can't think of any... You know, my favorite actually candy is the Trolley Neon Green Gummy Worms. Okay. Okay, so those are shredded on top, like, fancy style, I oh, think. Yeah. Like, like, like that. Okay. Like that. It'll be like the little caviar on the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got the colors, you know. Yeah. Tell me one thing... 
that you love about living in Philadelphia? Because I don't know if this is known. Axe to Grind uh, occasionally, occasionally gives a poke and a prod to oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Tell me one thing you love about Philadelphia. Um, so I, uh, <laughs> I like... Uh, I like the the very uh, unfiltered nature of the residents of Philadelphia. Uh, there, there's a nice dose of not always the most intelligent, but uh, a reality uh, okay. when you walk out your door. Uh, my story is I lived in uh, Kensington for a few years, and uh, not a great spot. But uh, yep. there was a, it was Thanksgiving morning, and I was walking my dog, and uh, there's a guy wearing a Cowboys jersey walking down the street. Oh, and, this is going somewhere good. Okay. And this this woman who's probably seventy just opens her door and doesn't even like uh, hold it open, just like swings it open and lets it swing back. And as it's swinging back, she just screams, "Fuck the cowgirls!" at this random guy in the street. Wow. And uh, that is one of the things that I love about Philadelphia. This is sunstroke. I don't practice what you preach, and I won't see through your eyes! Looking fondly into the past Neglecting the need for progress You've felt so